Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now, your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 40 of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And today we continue on with the Mario journey as we cover Super Mario World. I am Joe Murata, joined by our own Yoshi, Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? What, what is that noise he makes? Great. That's yeah. just like it, Quinn. That's, that sounds right. That's right? very, very right. Get the AI to do it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for uh, for joining us today. We hope we sound right to you. If this is your first time joining us, we are Asked to Watch Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. Each week is something completely different, and we have 39 other episodes available. Where, Mr. Yoshi? In the archives. In the archives. And you can check those out and see if you find something you like there. You know? Yeah. We're uh, doing a Mario series, which we're going to get to very shortly here, but I do want to remind you guys, whether you're first timer or a long timer please be sure to follow us on twitter at awm podcast and also join our facebook group acid wash memories on facebook we've had some new members seem to come in uh, after every episode is people released are filing in people are filing in it means you're listening as we mentioned we are continuing the mario series yep. if you haven't listened to any of those we've covered super mario brothers one two and three so if you want to get caught up you can do so in the archives but we're talking about super mario world and before we get into the history and the development and the gameplay and all that like we've been doing, I do want to ask you, Quinn, a legitimate question, not a funny one. You ever play it? Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, this is the first like console Mario that I had in my home. Because we, we didn't have an NES, so to play Mario, I'd have to like go over to somebody else's house, right? Right, yeah. Anytime I could get a chance, I wanted to play Mario. So this was just amazing when I got the Super Nintendo Entertainment System <laughs> with Super Mario World. Introducing the next generation from Nintendo, New Super Mario World. I had played Mario 3 and 2 and 1, and I had a Nintendo... And I also got Super Mario World with Super Nintendo in uh, 92. I got it right. the following Christmas So it was as well. packed into the system the way I remember From day it one. arriving at my house. And see, you know what's interesting about um, this Mario here? That it coincides with the SNES or Super Nintendo. Yes, whatever Super Nintendo you call we'll it. go with here um, on the show. I think that's SNES. what makes it so much different and so much more interesting than some of the previous entries right now. Just like not that the other games weren't great well, i'm just saying yeah, that you watch that this it there is, that this this has like a unique situation right because well, it launched this the console and it's the nintendo's first follow-up console there's yes. like a lot going on here it's like the first time like what happens when the graphics get dramatically better? double the bits Quinn. yeah more what happens with more bits <laughs> like all this stuff it's 16 bit and it's yours only if you get new super nintendo Obviously, if you're a video gamer uh, of a certain age, I'm sure you've played Super Mario World. Maybe it's your favorite game. Uh, some people call it one of the greatest video games of all time, or certainly the greatest Mario game. I'm going to be completely transparent up front here, although I really do like this game. I actually like Super Mario 3 more. Where, where do you stand between I, 3 you know, and World? It, I can't even say it's a mood thing. It's like I almost like reassess it every few years <laughs> because it's hard. 3, I think, has more fun like power-ups and stuff. That's kind of like why I like it. But world, there is that whole element of like the secret entrances and like that there's actually something to explore and not just like a linear thing, like alternate yeah. ways to get to different places and stuff. And the fact that you're trying to like fill that number when the game opens up to like with the star, this check mark or whatever. Yep, that's a whole added like, dimension. In some sense, you could say maybe it is a better game, right? Because it, sure. it, there's more to do. 
for Mario, it's a very basic concept. The fact that they were able to figure that out was always kind of some props to that game. You know, I think that's a good point. Mario World might even be, I don't want to call it underrated because everyone agrees that it's really good, but it's its very subtle in the way that it was able to take the Mario infrastructure and transport it to the 16-bit realm Yeah, and make it hugely successful and not just come off as a rehash. Right, but the expectation is also higher too, not just because of the, the last game, but because of the console yeah. changing, right? There has to be bigger. That's the part that you kind of think for a second, okay, maybe it is better from like a technical standpoint maybe or it is like you know and folks you let us know which game you prefer super mario 3 super mario world or neither of the above it's fine too but let's pick up where we left off which was with the release of super mario brothers 3 in the united states which was february of 1990 and as we discussed at the end of our mario 3 episode uh, about a month ago huge smash success and just really rejuvenated or kept pumping life into by 1990 uh, a rapidly outdated Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, win. and you already had competitors on the market with Sega Genesis and TurboGrafx-16. Exactly. So, like, you know, the fact that they were able to pump that out and made the NES seem relevant still, Yeah, right? and it was truly the last... I know the NES continued for five more years in the United States, but it truly was the last blockbuster game Yeah, on the I NES. mean, it's, it's the last, like, premiere, like, this is all we got, NES, right? It's like the yeah. last time that was really... A thing. I'll tell you what, if they had ended it there, good enough, man. What yeah. a way to go out, honestly, Cause, cause with that game. Focus would change to the launch of the Super Nintendo. That's what that represents, Mario 3. It's yeah. the last, like, okay, we're we're all laying on NES and, and now Super we, Mario Brothers 3. And now we pass the baton. Right, yeah. Exactly. Naturally, Nintendo, being a business, right, first and foremost, is going to capitalize on all the success of Super Mario Brothers 3 with... A cartoon. Right. If you recall, we had had the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, mm -hmm. which was released after two and had elements from the first two games, right? Here's the thing about the cartoon, the more I think about it, the more like the plots are not really based off the game. They have nothing they just, to do with Mario. They just like involve the characters, but yeah. they're like Koopa Dracula and yeah, like, like all exactly. this other, like it's, it's just, it's always like movie puns and like nonsense. It's just a cartoon right, that happens yeah. to have those characters, but it is beloved, you know, and yeah. it's very kitschy and fun and Captain Will Albano is in it, right, you know, yeah. so it's, it's a fun time. But for this time around, we're taking Super Mario Brothers 3, The Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3 is the name of the cartoon. Uh, another Deke joint. Yeah, Deke. This ran from September 8th, 1990 to December 1st, 1990. Three hmm. months. Wasn't the first one like that, too? Yeah, it was like three months. Uh, yeah. That's all you need. Now, let's hightail it back to Giant Land and stop those no-good ninja Koopas. This was not syndicated the way Super Show was. This actually aired Saturdays on NBC. I think that that goes to show you, though, Nintendo's stock had risen. Now we're not. Now the networks like they want to get cash in on this. This game took off, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, this game took off. Uh, this show is different in that there's no live action sequences. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no more Captain Louis Albano. Koopa, by the way is just regular. He's not in costumes every week. Like yeah, he, yeah. He's from it just kind of like takes place like in the Mario Brothers 3 universe. Yes. Like, right? In it's the Mushroom like, World. It's more just like specifically Mario Brothers 3 and like 
they show off the power-ups and everything. Yeah, the, and the suits yeah. and the, all this. Frog. It's also like in a roundabout way an advertisement for kids who perhaps did not have the game. Yeah. Like, and, and it's like, oh, kids, there's like a new one or whatever. Yeah, because the game was still pretty new. It was only right. six, seven months old when this and came out. And that's probably part of the reasoning why they made it. They probably were planning this before it even came out, right? I'm sure they were. Right. I'm positive it was already in development. That it, it's yeah. like it's a marketing tool for the game on top of it. Absolutely. Not if Fire Mario's got anything to say about it. Oh, you'll like this, Gwen. Uh, Bowser is still referred to as King Koopa in this well, cartoon. I, as a kid, I mean, at this point in time, I was like, who the hell is Bowser? It's King Koopa. They, King call, him, Koopa. they call him King Koopa in the cartoon. They do. They do. <laughs> I did not know about this Bowser business until Super Mario World. You've re- yeah, I know. Uh, That's I was a like, point. what are they talking about Bowser? Who it really is, bothers you. Who the hell is Bowser? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because this is a, a game based on Super Mario Brothers 3, there are no enemies from Super Mario Brothers 2. There's no Mauser or any yeah. shit like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's exclusively 3. <laughs> exclusively 3. The Kooplings are there, but because the show was developed before the game was released... The Kooplings have their own names just for this show that I guess Deke gave them. What? Remember like Cutie and Pootie and... I didn't know that. Angry I, I, Willie or something. You know what's funny? I think I just thought they were just the ones from the game. No, I, I mean, they I look the same. But I didn't even think about the names or anything it, like that. It's fine. We as, don't a, even, as a child, I don't. I think I was like, oh, that's Iggy Koopa. Oh, and, as a child, I noticed it. I'm like, why is he calling her Cootie Pie? Yeah. Wendy. I just, maybe I thought they were nicknames. I don't know. I didn't put Fair. much thought in it. Well, you thought his name was Koopa, yeah. so yeah. I mean, we, can, we understand where you're coming right. from, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, but He's anyway. Koopa! <laughs> he never wasn't he until, was like, Bowser. world. They, that's when they said it. Do I need to pull up the I know the instructions, the instructions, but like I, I wasn't reading the damn instructions. I was playing the game. Fair enough. Uh, we still have Mario, Luigi, Toad, and Princess. Same cast from the first one, and they all look the same as they did in Super Show. However, some of the voices are different here. So, no more Louis Albano. We have Walker Boone playing the role of Mario. Who? Who? <laughs> voice actor. Oh no! The message went down the drain, Toad. We're still not at. Henry Marionette or whatever his name is yet. Like apologies the, to Charles Marionette. Yes, yeah, the guy <laughs> Henry like, Marionette, the guy that was Mario for, for like, like ever, uh, for like until recently. Until he like, like this year retired, and Nintendo had to make like a special announcement about it. Like they're like, we're sorry, he's not going to be the voice <laughs> he's anymore. Old. Like he's old. <laughs> Just like, leave him alone. Like, <laughs> the role of Luigi was no longer Danny Wells, who had a very unique way also of playing Luigi compared to the later. Uh, voice actors. This was uh, Tony Rosato. Are you sure that one just jumped out of its case? I don't know! Tony Rosato is a name that no one probably recognizes. I've never heard of him. Correct. He was actually a cast member from 1981 to 1982 on Saturday Night Live. What? I, I don't even know what this guy looks like. Tony Rosato. Tony Rosato. The broadcasters of your area in voluntary cooperation with federal, state, and local authorities have developed this system to keep you informed in the event of an emergency. Please, this is only a test. Bombs! 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 Nuclear bombs have been dropped! We're all going to be dead! They dropped the big one! All the cities are burning! All the people are dead! Tracy Moore played Princess. She was previously a voice actress on Care Bears on ABC. Remember the Care Bears cartoon? That's a logical jump. Right? Uh, they brought back the same guy to play Toad. That would be John Stalker. And Harvey Atkin returned as the voice of Koopa. King Koopa. See, yes. I said it. Yes. Koopa. Uh, 13 episodes were made in this entire run. It felt like there were 6 million of them because right. they replayed them all the time. I'll get the flemish! 
That is all well and good. The cartoon does what you'd expect a cartoon on NBC to do. And market morning. the game. It's fine. Market <laughs> the game. Exactly. That's its whole point. Point kids to the game, to Nintendo, to merchandise, blah, blah, Please blah. Please buy a Super Mario Brothers 3 cartridge. Right. <laughs> but right while all of this was going on, Nintendo released another Mario game for two consoles this time. The Nintendo Entertainment System and the Nintendo Game Boy, right. which was relatively new. On July 27th, 1990 in Japan, and over here in the U.S. on October 14th, we were treated to Dr. Mario. Yes, Dr. Killer game from Nintendo. Dr. Mario. Wow. But it ain't what you think. So now Mario's a doctor. He, he said, screw this plumbing. <laughs> is this the official <laughs> shot. first Mario is something else well, thing? Like in the U.S. I mean, because well, we didn't get that weird racing thing or no. whatever that was. <laughs> we also played golf. And Be- punch out, I guess. But He was but, a referee. Yeah, but he's still in his plumber's the- outfit. No, he's not. He's got the bow tie and everything. He's just got a hat He's got on. a referee shirt, okay, Michael. Fine. Uh, but listen, he had been a plumber for a long time. But if you recall, he was a construction worker in 81. Yeah. And then he was also took a side job as a, a demolition you know, guy. It's weird to think that he had enough time to get a doctorate. To take care of, like, viruses and stuff, right? And, and save Princess from Bowser, I mean, King Koopa, yeah. right? It was a whole, a very busy Maybe he had man. a whole other life before he got sucked into the pipe. You know, like... Don't we all? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just got sidetracked from being a doctor. There you go. But he got his degree, right? He's, right. he's good to go. This game, I gotta say, it's, it's, it's Nintendo... It's a time. It's a great time. This is Nintendo's, like, proprietary answer to Tetris. It's clearly what it is. It's well, yeah, what it's supposed so, to be. So when Tetris came along, there was like, it's not just Nintendo. Like, Gen- oh, Sega yeah, yeah. did it. Like, like basically, like, everyone suddenly needed a puzzle game. Right. Right. Because of Tetris. There's Mean Bean Machine, which is also just a takeoff of Puyo Puyo, which is like the Japanese version. Yep. And there was Yoshi Cookie. That came later, yeah. Like, there's all these, like, Yoshi hey, we gotta make, like, puzzle games now. Right? Yes. Dr. Mario has some great music. I oh, yeah. love the music. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It's very addictive. But correct me if I'm wrong, Michael Quinn, is this one of the ones that you hadn't played much of until I like sat down with you 10 years ago? I'm like, we gotta yeah. play this. So it was one of those, like, I. what's so weird about that is I'd played like all the other ones and I kind of just like always overlooked Dr. Mario for whatever right, right. stupid reason. <laughs> like I probably played it like once on a ROM, but I just didn't care because right. I was more like into like Tetris Attack really hooked me back in the day. Yeah. So like you kind of like were like, come on, give give Dr. Mario another shot basically, <laughs> right? It was like, okay. And then I got really into I it. I remember that and yeah. we're like 27, 28. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you gotta play this game. Yeah, you now. were like, give it a legitimate chance. Cause it wasn't like I hadn't played it. It right. was like, I just didn't, I considered it like inferior. Yeah, to, you like, like shoot it away yeah. your whole life, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you saw it. It's, it's a good game. Yeah. I called the witch doctor. He told me what to do. He said, ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, tang, tang, wah, wah, bing, bang. And you got to give Nintendo credit for the genius of just slapping Mario on it. It's not a Mario game. No. Can we just like... It's not a Mario game. It just says no. Mario like pumping drugs into a bottle the whole time. It's very dark. Yeah. I had this game on the Nintendo Entertainment System. My grandparents bought it for me in 1991 at Macy's for 1995. I remember my grandmother coming in and saying that they had video games on sale and this was only $20. And she well, handed me Dr. I mean, Mario. Uh, that's that's where I got my Game Boy was Macy's. Yeah, Maybe my go. parents got my Super Nintendo there too. I don't know because that was a Christmas Possibly, gift. Possibly, so. yeah. You never, Santa Claus yeah. bought that one, right? Maybe he went over to Macy's in East Brunswick. You think Santa yeah. shops there? Yeah, at the... 
at the, the Brunswick Square Mall. Yeah. Oh shit, my elves are out of that. Yeah. Just, don't go buy it at Macy's. Specifically the Brunswick Square yeah. Mall. Like you see Santa like strolling through. Don't tell anyone I'm here. <laughs> Stops at Bun and Burger. Just yeah. blends in with all the other white haired people. Has a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this game was very successful in North America. It sold 2.5 million copies within its first six weeks. Yes. Whew. Worldwide, it wound up selling five and a half million for Game Boy. Jeez, Doctor Mario. Yep, and four point eight million for Nintendo. Uh, it was ten million total. So I wonder, Joe, this had to give them the idea because this is like the first time in the U.S. that they really like kind of slapped Mario into something completely unrelated as a starring character. With yeah. his name on the game, yes. What I'm trying to get at is that I wonder if this is why, once Super Mario World came out, there was plenty of other Mario things that weren't Mario. Oh, like, yeah. they weren't even, like, Mario games. Like, they were just, like, Mario Kart, for example, or whatever. Yes. Like, let's just put them in everything, right? This is probably the prototype of that. Yeah. Because this is a puzzle game. There's right. nothing to do with the Mushroom Kingdom, and nothing to do with anything that they had ever done with it. Right. Them. Mario became something you put on other types of games, and it's like right. you call them, they're technically in the Mario universe, or whatever. He, he took another step forward in becoming the Mickey Mouse of Nintendo. Nintendo. That seemed to be like the plan for him. And yeah. like I always felt Super Mario World is kind of the last hurrah of like we're going to make Mario games like all the time because the gap between World and 64 is so wide and it started to me what I'm trying to say is it started to become instead of like every two years or whatever we're going to have a Mario game. Yeah. It started to become like only when we have a new system. That's yeah, it. And like, we'll just, that's the only time you get a new Mario And game. we'll put him in other stuff in the meantime, right? Right. Which we'll be talking about in the, in the f- upcoming episodes right. as but we this do is, this, this series. Is, this is, like, where it starts. I would say that's a good observation, Quinn, yeah? Yeah. And the game was well-received. It wasn't, like, a, a cheap play. I mean, this was a well-made game that people liked and people yeah. bought. But that's what I mean about, like, how they, you know, they realize, like, <laughs> five million copies of this? Like, On Game Boy alone. Th- yeah. That's, like, a lot. Like, games back then, yes. you know, if you broke a million, that was, like, huge. That's a huge deal. Right? Yeah. Five million for, like, a puzzle game that has Mario in the background or something. Would have done half of that if his name wasn't on it and he wasn't in it? No way. No way. It would definitely right. not. But that's part of the success Because Sega here. tried the same shit where they, you remember, because they, they could have just called it Puyo Puyo because that's like what its name was. Yeah, it's fun but, to say. But then they called it Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine because yeah. they saw like Nintendo, hey, we just put Mario on it and people bought it. Yeah. Same thing happened with the Mean Bean Machine. He's also a doctor. Yeah. Do you think they went to the same school? Shut up. Oh, but anyway, the Nintendo. 1990. We t- talked about this briefly. It was getting a little long in the tooth by then. But that, out that's the, definitely the term for it. Long in the tooth, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it had been out for five years in the United States by 1990 and seven years in Japan. It came out in 83 mm-hmm. as the Famicom. And like Quinn said earlier, by this time, by 1990, it had competition. Let's talk about that competition briefly. So let's roll it back a few years to Japan here where Nintendo or Famicom, to mm-hmm. be clear, its console sales in Japan, they peaked in 85 to 86 in Japan. Right, because that's when they were adopting it, right? They, they were and always Mario a couple years out. ahead because of that couple-year jump, yes. right? They had like a two-year head start. Clearly, obviously, the sales peak at an earlier point than here. Exactly, because, because of it, that. It's adoption. That's like how it works. 100%. Uh, and the sales began to fall in 1987, 1988, etc. Which is logical, because that just tracks with America, too. Exactly. In fact, the competition that we're talking about started in Japan, which is really the main battleground was Japan. Right. right? That's where everything started first, and and different market trends and things. But anyway, in 1987, 
NEC released the PC Engine, which we talked about in our 16-bit so, console wars. So there's episode. a little bit to understand about NEC, I, I, and I kind of know a little bit of the history about them. They they were a very large computer company. Yeah. Um, in fact, when they launched this thing, if you know anything about the history of computers, there was a hard time getting the American computers, like the IBM PC or the Apple IIe or whatever, in Japan because of the characters. It was it, it just wasn't you needed like extra. ROM and RAM and, and the hardware had to be like special. What ended up happening in the in the early days is companies in the region like NEC, they would just build the computer, you know, from scratch to support this. Like right. their computer was made for the region. Because of this, NEC got huge in the early eighties. They were the computer company. There, you know, you didn't have an IBM PC. You had a PC ninety eight or PC. Yeah, you, you, like the NEC. Yeah, the like, NEC PC. That, that was that was just the computer you had there, right? It was like that was the standard. This isn't some playing card and toy company launching a console, right? It's a computer so, company. so it was considered a legitimate threat, right? Right. And the thing about the PC Engine, uh, which was released in the United States uh, by Hudson Soft distributed here as TurboGrafx-16, is it was touted as the first 16-bit console, which people fight about because it's really two 8-bit coprocessors. I think it is our graphical 16-bit. It's, it's like not it's, it's like one of them is 16-bit. Yeah. I, I think it's the CPU is 16-bit, if I recall. And the GPUs are 8? Yeah, it's something it's like something that. It's something like that. So people teeter on if that's really the first true 16-bit or not. TurboGrafx-16, the higher energy video game system. Games sold separately. Uh, this was released in October of 87 in Japan and August of 89 in the United States of America. Sega developed the Mega Drive in Japan, October of 88 that was released. And as we know, the Mega Drive is a follow-up. So Sega, yep. they tried to get in during the 8-bit. With the Master System. So on one hand, obviously they got pounded, right? But like on the other hand, now they like, okay, we know what to do. So they launched this thing and they kind of leapfrog, right? They, they realize... The Master System is never going to beat the NES. Let's just get the Genesis out now. Yeah, and right? they did. Slash Mega Drive. Mega Drive, yeah. Genesis, the new generation in video games. October 88, Japan. August 89, US. Same time as TurboGrafx. And it was in direct competition to the Nintendo Entertainment System at first. And we talked about this, how... It's not a fair fight. It's right? kind of like unfair. It's like brand spanking new hardware that's like super fast, right. tons of colors, the visuals are just incredible in comparison, and it's it's just an unfair advantage. Genesis Sixteen bit arcade graphics. Fair fight or not, hey, they're not doing anything underhanded or no. wrong. They're being very wise in their marketing. They're saying, right. "Oh yeah, you have the NES, but you need to upgrade." You know, right. it was a brilliant strategy. But they didn't have something. They didn't have Mario. They did not have Mario, and they didn't even have a math. Well, they had Alex Kidd or whatever. They tried. No one cared. Uh, yeah. But it is worth mentioning that in the United States of America, the Nintendo Entertainment System, eight all eight bits of it, from eighty seven to nineteen ninety was still in a huge boom period, even yeah. into 90. And again, I, I attribute a lot of it to having the, the holy trinity of Mario, Zelda, and Metroid. Yes. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. And plus, all so many games were good. Yeah. You know, Castlevania. Mega Man. Ninja Gaiden, yeah. you know, Punch-Out, Rad right. Racer. There's a million good games. Right. They just had a good software library. They just had a really good software library. And they leveraged it. They said, and why wait for all the games to come to right. Mega Drive, right? right. Just, you, you, they're just right here, right now exactly. on, on the Famicom. And every two years, you were getting a Mario game. You right. know, Mario 2 was huge for the console. Mario 3 was huge for Nintendo. But one way or another, however you want to look at it, 
the 8-bit era was still phasing out because Genesis has arrived, and Genesis does, obviously, what Nintendo don't. Exactly. We all know this. Uh, Turbo Graphics was like, hi, we're also here, but then... (laughs) Not to mention, I mean, 8-bit in general was aging out in computing, right? Yeah, in computing duty. We'd been doing 8-bit since the 70s. Yes. Right? It's <laughs> like, it, it was time. It was time. Right? And I mean, the bits thing, just on an aside, I mean, it would. Adv- it, we were already getting closer to the 32-bit in, in PC terms by the time right. the 16-bit consoles came out. 100%, yeah. yeah. And, and the arcade was making swift advancements as well, the right. arcade hardware. One guy who was aware of the 8-bit era having a limited lifespan was Nintendo's president, Hiroshi Yamauchi. And he... Announced in September of 87, there was a new console coming from Nintendo in development. It would be the Super Famicom, and it would be 16-bit. And I know I've said this before, but what a name. I I just think it's perfect because you're like, well, we have the Nintendo, but this is the Super Nintendo. Like, it's perfect. It is. People know what the Nintendo is. Right. But this is the Super version. It's the Super version. It really is very wise, and it ties in, whether this is in purpose or not, with Super Mario. Right. Which, again, I don't know if that was a conscious decision. I mean, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Because it's funny because, you know what, if they just called it Mario Brothers... And Mario Brothers 2 and Mario, Mario Brothers 3. 3 yeah. Like, you know they would have just called it Super Mario Brothers on Super Nintendo. They yeah. wouldn't have called it Super Mario <laughs> yeah. World. Because of Super Metroid and yeah, Super yeah, everything exactly. else. Yeah, exactly. They would have just <laughs> been called Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, one year later after the announcement, August of 1988, we were told, well, not we, we weren't in Japan uh, or cognizant of this, but people in Japan were told in August of 1988, not we, that a new game was in development for the upcoming console. Mm-hmm. That game was known as Super Mario Brothers 4. So that's kind of like the, was the tentative name. It's like, we're just yep. going to put the number at the end. Yep. Which, to be honest, Smart. I think most people thought that's what it would be called anyway. Right? I mean, like, be? that wasn't like a surprising... No. Uh, of course, it's Super Mario Brothers. They, the, they have numbers Three. at the end of all the other ones. Yeah. Like, And it was announced, you know, this was announced right at the same time that Super Mario Brothers 3 was coming out in Japan. So they were getting way ahead of the curve here. They knew, right. you know, that was coming out. And they're like, by the way, this is coming out now. You're going to play this. You're going to love it. But also... On this new system, the Super One, yeah. there's going to be Super Mario Brothers Four. So you're you're going to have to get your pre-orders in or yeah. whatever, get beyond the Yakuza or however you had to get this thing. Remember, it had to fall off the back of a truck and all this shit over there. Yes, I know. It's very similar to here, really. It's, it's just a, true. It's true, though. The mafia. whole like, yeah, it's just the Japanese mafia yeah. had had uh, advanced copies yeah. of the Super Nintendo, exactly. <laughs> as opposed to the Italian mafia. That's a thing. I didn't know oh, about that. Right. I'm going to go get the papers, get the papers. Obviously, to have this game come out, the Super Mario 4 game, we have to have people make it. And who better to make it than the people that made Super Mario Brothers 3? Well, yeah, I think they know what they're doing. Yeah, right? the number one guy would be Shigeru Miyamoto. However, his team, I just want to state this, they spent a long time making 3, and they're like, fuck, another game. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was, like, it was it was a tough project. It's a right? tough one. It's like, it like one of the best games ever made. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they were a little tired. They were a little bit tired, a yeah. teen, teeny bit. Miyamoto actually stepped back from, I guess, like day-to-day doing everything and took more of like an overview. Like, like a producer ex- role. Executive yeah. producer, right. Yeah. And Takashi Tezuka, remember him? Like right. the, the number two, basically. And Tezuka would be, in the, he's, I think he still works there. I think he still does. Yeah. <laughs> he stepped up. I'm and, pretty sure he helped make Super Mario Maker and all that. Good. Like, yeah. Like, he's good. Yeah. He stepped up as the main director of Super Mario 4, as mm-hmm. it was known. So what they did to get used to the hardware of this new console that they've never worked with or made a game with before 
is they actually said, why don't we see if we can port Super Mario Brothers 3 over to it just as an exercise, get familiar with it. Yeah. So they did. And then from there, they, they started building Super Mario Brothers 4. And one of the things that happened, and you can look up some of the pre-release graphics and stuff on this, they're screenshots, is it turned out very similar to Super Mario Brothers 3 initially because this is what they were used to. They had just worked on this game for however long well, it was, yeah, two so, years. So the Super NES had these modes... One of the things was using this mode seven, and I think they, but you know, they weren't accustomed to using right. that yet. And you know, it, it, it's a it, scaling mode, by yeah, the way. it's a scaling mode, and, and they would they would end up using it in the final game, but it was kind of like, like you said, they were just kind of figuring, like, okay, what's this thing capable of, right? How fast does it run? That kind of thing. How fast does this thing go? Does it have automatic transmission? Does it have four wheel drive? So if you ever look at like some of the 1989 uh, screenshots of Super Mario World, you'll see that the the map was totally different. Right, but I mean that the makes graphics that were totally different. makes sense. It's pre-release, right? It's pre-release, and they showed it off in a Japanese magazine in 1989. Some of the other things, again, you can look these up. The sprites from the game, the Goombas, Koopas, Fire Flower, the Mushroom, they literally used the ones from Super Mario Bros. 3 at first. The Super Leaf was in the game mm -hmm. with the raccoon power-up. A lot of Super Mario Bros. 3 elements were retained, which is interesting if you think about the fact that they redrew everything in 3 from Super Mario 1. Yeah, but from a technical standpoint, it does give you placeholders. So they can toy with the um, running speed and all that kind That's of shit, right? That's a good point. There's like, a familiarity already, right? Like right. A control, So there's like will. a base, like, okay, now we can, like, screw with it, basically, right? I like right? that. Yeah. I like that. So while all of this was going on, while Miyamoto's team was developing Super Mario 4, Nintendo in general was saying that they wanted their Super Famicom out in 1989. It was realized that's probably not going to be feasible, so the whole project was pushed back one whole year. Thus, Miyamoto's team said, well, we have an extra year. Fuck it. Let's overhaul this entire yeah. shit we're playing with right yeah, now. Yeah, they go nuts. They, they go nuts. They, go, they add all the features. I mean, the game basically becomes like a tech demo for the Super Nintendo as, right. as, it, as it progresses. And one of the things that they now had time to do was add a companion for Mario, something that Shigeru Miyamoto had wanted to implement since the first Mario game on, mm -hmm. on Famicom, you know, Super Mario Brothers, which is for whatever reason he wanted them to ride a dinosaur fine strange though isn't it can the we only, be honest okay, isn't that so weird the only reason it makes a little sense right yes. bowser's a reptile or koopa or whatever yeah koopa the, the koopa troopers are reptiles what if there was like a good one Does yeah never mind you, you're, you're right yes, you know it's like, fine that's fine i think that's maybe what he was going for <laughs> that's a good it, koopa. What, there's a good koopa, good basically. koopa. yeah uh, and he couldn't implement that in the first Mario game or the third one uh, due to just re... I mean, look at three. They could barely fit anything else in three. I mean, they jam-packed that. <laughs> right. One. But now we have the time. We have the space. We have a new console. We're going to implement a dinosaur. And, of course, he was named Yoshi. But one of the things they also did is when they're overhauling the graphics, changing some of the power-ups, and we're going to cover all the power-ups in all the worlds... They realize, you know what, this is not just going to be lineal the way Super Mario Bros. 3's maps were. Yes, I think this is the key thing. Right. This is going to be an expansive area, vast land. Hell, it's a whole world to right. explore. Wait a minute. Why don't we call this game Super Mario, Mario world? world? To me, that's like the light bulb moment when right. they realize it's, that. It's the key like concept and theme of the game is that 
you're used to just getting to the end of the stage. And stages are expertly crafted to kind of point out that, like, hey, there might be something up there. You might want to like, go right. look or something, right? Right. The fact that they the, the path on the map changes and you can, like, go find a secret thing or whatever, to me, that's the big hook yep. of this game, right? Because you can play it linearly and you can beat it that way, too. But it's not really the object of the game, right? Because right. even after you beat Bowser, you get the ending and everything, but then your screen still says, hey, you didn't do everything. Right. Right? There's still stuff to do right. for the first time in a Mario game. But meanwhile, the Super Famicom is finished, it's complete, and it's released in Japan on November 21st, 1990. Super it was released in the United States of America on August 23rd, 1991. When you decide to get serious, there's only one place to come. The games of Super Nintendo. But as far as a console, in Japan, 1.4 million units shipped in its first year. In the United States of America, 3.3 million units shipped in its first right. year. I do think part of the, the competition is part of the story here with World. Because Sega, obviously everyone knew that Mario 4 was coming or World or whatever, yeah, right? They knew. And so Sega went out on a mission and said, we need to get like a mascot game out around the same time. And not an Alex the Kid one or whatever. No, we need like something new, fresh, something for the 90s, right? Right. As this is happening, Sonic the Hedgehog comes out. Yep. And Sonic the Hedgehog is like the antithesis of Mario. Mario is kind of slow and, and plotting. Boring. And boring. He's plain, just a plumber. Gee golly. So Sonic is a hedgehog with spiky haircut and he's got attitude. And like, even when he's standing there, he'll like do like stuff and he'll like tap his feet. And Very things. edgy. Like he's so. Tapping his foot. He, wow. He's, he's almost like breaking the fourth wall saying like, yes. why are you not moving me? Yeah. You know, like. Why? <laughs> and the speed is, is yeah. what the speed is about, what it represents. The blast processing quick. Right. It represents that. The actual physical processor on the Sega Genesis was a lot faster. It didn't dictate that the graphics could be better. It just meant like you could run things faster. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, so essentially they were like, what if we centered the whole game around speed? Because that's one of the things the machine can do, right? Like we can scroll faster and process things faster, right? Yeah, yeah it was a side scrolling game, but with that as an added element. It uses it as like a gameplay Mechanism. Mechanism, right? It, it's a fantastic game. By oh, the way. yeah, yeah. Because And you can tell that Sega, they made this game with a purpose. And I always thought that Sonic came out great almost because of Mario World. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I didn't think of that. You know, it is true, though. Sonic is very much a mascot for the 90s, and Mario was then perceived as a, you know, 80s Reagan era. Yeah. You know, where Nintendo went for big. Sonic went for fast. Like that's like right. the, that's the difference. That's a good point. Right? That's a good point. And Nintendo knew that they were in for some stiff competition in the United States because uh, Sega Genesis had a two-year jump on Super Nintendo. They knew that this game, Super Mario World, would have to deliver. And even though you know you might take that for granted. Listen, there was no guarantee that this was going to be a hit. What so, yeah, that's the other part, and I, and I think we talked about it in the 16-bit episode, but this is kind of the... It's not the first time that there was a successor system, but it's the first time something as successful coming from a company that didn't have a, a, a second system. I, it's kind of hard to explain, right? Because it, it feels like the first second system, even though Atari did it, but they flopped on their face. So yes. kind of everyone was kind of like, 
well, they can't do it again, right? If Atari, who was at the heights, like yeah. it just fell apart when they went to make a second system. Right, it did. How's Nintendo going to get away with this, right? Right. Part of its launch launch package, as we know, Super Mario World, which did have a fair bit of pre-release hype. I remember, cognizantly remember, knowing that it was coming out. My brother was talking about mm-hmm. it. You know, my brother was older than me. Uh, and I, I do, re- too. Because, right? because I knew of three, and yeah. then I heard there was like the next one is coming. It was in the air at that point. Right. And I do remember, do you remember this, Quinn? I believe it was in certain stores. I don't remember if it was Toys R Us or KB that I saw it in. Nintendo, as a marketing tool, put it in an arcade-style cabinet, which I believe was known as the Nintendo Super System, as a demo in certain stores where you could play it. I remember playing the demo. It might have. I feel like it was already out in, like, the Macy's had, like, kiosks where okay. you could, like, play it or something. Once it was already out. Right. And I, and I know that I had rented it I didn't get the Super till the next year, but I was renting a Super Nintendo from the rental store. Oh, you were? For like a year straight, like almost every other weekend, wow. I would like beg my mom to like get it or so whatever. You could play. Yeah, and I, I remember renting Mario World like all the time. It was a big deal when Super Nintendo came out. I will say that my brother got it the year it came out, Christmas of 91, and that's where I first played it. But folks... We have to take a break now, okay? Now, this is very... You're on the edge of your seat or... How did this come out? Or chair. Yeah, how did this come Was out? Was it any good? What, what happens in this yeah. game? You know? Yeah. I've never, do you know? Well, we'll have to find out. We thank you for being with us here in our world here on Acid Watch Memories as we're talking about the Mario series. We will be back on the other side of this break to talk about the release, the gameplay, the worlds, the enemies, 96 exits. All that stuff is coming up when more Acid Watch Memories returns right after this. Here it is, a cool, slightly transformed. Just a bit of a break from the norm. Just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control. It's cool. Suddenly the sky is a little clearer, the water is a little bluer, the roads a little bumpier, the jumps are harder, the levels deeper, the characters smarter, the sound is hotter, the graphics cooler, the secrets darker, the dangers fiercer, the challenge a whole lot tougher. And suddenly the world's a more exciting place to be. Super Mario World. It comes only as part of the system you were created for. The Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the next generation from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power, super power. Okay, first, I'm left-handed. Second, I love banana pudding. And third, oh yeah, I'm Doug. I don't have superpowers or anything, but I almost blew up the school science lab with my homemade working volcano. Oh yeah, I have this great dog, Porkchop. And Porkchop and me, Doug, spend our Sundays on Nickelodeon. Doug's on Nickelodeon. Sunday, every Sunday at 10, 9 central. Only on Nickel... Ow, ow, Odeon! In case you haven't heard, everything on Wendy's Super Value Menu is just 99 cents each. Music adds nice touch. And that includes Wendy's All-American Beef Hot Dogs, just 99 cents each. It's summer, which means it's time for hot dogs. And Wendy's has them, topped with mustard, relish, and onions. Plus 99-cent Biggie drinks, Biggie fries, and Frosties. Come in for the All-American Beef Hot Dogs on Wendy's Super Value Menu. It's Pat Super Mario Brothers. Now it's your turn to put the bike on Bowser. It's a super spin jump pony. Or a subterranean pony. It's an octopus of your mind only. Because it's Red Super Mario And now we return to more acid-washed memories. Hey, welcome back to here to uh, Acid Wash Memories. John Ryan, Michael Quinn, we are here. Back to the world. Yep. 
Follow us at AWM Podcast on Twitter and join our Facebook group. We're, we're all nice over there. I haven't it's, seen like... It's the nicest. It's very nice. Everyone's so nice. I like it. It's true. And you'll have fun. And again, if you're uh, if you're still hanging in and this is your first episode, we have the 16-bit console wars episode and the first three Mario games covered in detail. So you might want to check those out if you're a gamer. Right. You know, an old school gamer type fan. But Quinn, we were talking about the, uh, the late summer of 1991 here, which is where it all happened in the United States. Genesis, first of all, does what Nintendo don't. We know that. They got Sonic. They got Sonic. They are cruising so far. Literally. In yeah. Literally cruising <laughs> they, along they really getting are. those rings. Yes, with this blast processing. Uh, they're doing great, though, you know, and they've definitely positioned themselves as the cool, fast, new, hip console. It did feel like people were making a choice yeah. because of this, right? They were like, am I going to go with Sonic? Or am I going to stick to tried and true Mario, right? right. That's a you great know? point. And it really, for financial considerations, a lot of people legitimately did have to make a choice. Right. A lot of people couldn't have both. And a lot of people went with the Sonic. A lot of people did. You know, yeah. Genesis won the first few years of the war, which again, we talked about, but uh, Nintendo really had to have a strong showing here. Now, this is less of a relevant point in Japan. I mean, Mario and Super Famicom were already out in late 90 in Japan. However, mm-hmm. Super Famicom dominated the market. So it wasn't right. really the war in in the U.S. Right. I mean, the war in Japan that it is in the U.S. Right. You know what I mean? Just wanted to be clear about that. But we live in the U.S. Most of our fans do, or at least in North America. Some of you on the other side of the pond. Hi, you didn't get it until later. Uh, I think that- 92 it came out we're sorry about that pal version uh, yeah the pal I play mario world on 50 hertz <laughs> oh it hurts all right you're being a right crap mate not as much as beans on toast don't forget the mushy peas super mario brothers was released with the super nintendo it was a pack-in title it was a launch title and i suppose we should do as we always do the story from the manual Oh, boy. Because I know you care about this. Yeah, this is where we really get into Bowser. Yeah. A lot of Bowser. A lot of Bowser. There's, this is truncated because it's a really long story. So, after saving the Mushroom Kingdom from Bowser and the rest of the Koopas in yeah. Super Mario 3. Uh-huh. See, they're referencing Super Mario 3. Like, uh-huh. it, it, this is right after. No, I, I, I always knew that about yeah. this. That it is an actual continuation. Direct continuation. Mario and Luigi needed to recuperate from their adventures. Together they agreed that the best place to vacation was a magical place called Dinosaur Land. I'd fire the travel agent if I were them. But while Mario and Luigi reclined on the beach for a relaxing nap, Princess Toadstool disappeared, while apparently seized by evil forces. After searching for hours for their missing friend, Mario and Luigi came upon an enormous egg in the forest. Suddenly, the egg hatched and out popped a young dinosaur named Yoshi who proceeded to tell Mario and Luigi a sad tale of how his dinosaur pals were sealed in similar eggs by a group of monstrous turtles. And we're going to just cut the story off there. It's really long. Yeah, that's too much for what this is. The bottom line, though, is once again, Princess goes missing. Gotta save her. But now there's this this friend, this, yeah. this Yoshi who lives here. He's like, he put me in an egg, that asshole. Like, <laughs> we, we got it. You lost your friend. I, I, I want to kick his ass. So I'll come with you. Let's let's do it. Right? Vulgar Yoshi. Yeah, I'm vulgar I Yoshi. Kick that Koopa's ass. Yeah. But anyway, I'll stomp it. <laughs> I'll stomp because he has those boots on or whatever. He does have shoes. That's true. Uh, Mario and Luigi here. And it's the only two choices of characters you have to play with. 
one or two player mode, you know the deal. Uh, there's still palette swaps of each other. Despite the advanced architecture here on the Super Nintendo, they're still exactly the same sprite, just colored differently. That feels more of now. a functional thing with how all the entrances and stuff and, and, and twirly jump and, and all that shit. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's like it, it might be like necessary. That's a good point. Uh, they do have blue overalls now, light blue, not black like in Super Mario Brothers Three. I always thought the, that was like them trying to be like, look at how many colors we have. It is, like you know, like they like the overalls have like they're a shade denim. to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, they're like really denim yeah. now. It's pretty good. Uh, and Mario and Luigi can also look up, and you can see their big noses when they look up. It's funny. This look up thing, <laughs> I feel like it's like not used well in the game. Is it, it just it because seems they like could? It, it seems like it's because they could, yeah. yeah right. like, I, I know there's like a stage or two where it can help if you look up, but it's really otherwise But you don't need the garbage. animation of his yeah. face looking up, technically. Yeah, but doesn't it move the screen up in certain instances or something? It does. Yeah. But again, you don't need to see his nose looking yeah. up, that's all yeah. I mean. Anyway, one of the big things here that's different if you recall, the Nintendo Entertainment System is a very simple controller. It's a D-pad, start and select, and the A and B button. And normally you would you know, mm-hmm. jump with A and you hold down B to run and use it to shoot your fireballs and stuff, right? Well, the Super Nintendo has a four-face button design. Right. A, B, X, and Y, and two shoulder buttons, right? So Y is now your B button, meaning you run and you shoot your fireballs and stuff like that. B is your jump button, but A is a spin jump and... What happens is when you jump, you spin, but it is useful, Quinn, in so, certain instances. So the thing with the spin jump, it's one of those things that I didn't understand how good it was as a kid. When you land on certain blocks, it will, like, smash them. Yes. Like, if you're spinning. It also is, like, pretty freaking like, indestructible. Like, if you jump on, like, enemies, you'll, like, bounce you really freaking high. Like, you can, like, abuse the spin jump in this game. Like, but, it, it's really good. But only if you jump on those enemies with A, with a spin right. jump. If you do it with B, you just die. And the, right? But the only problem with the spin jump to me is it yes. has, like, kind of, like, a trajectory that you can't control. That's the trade-off. Yep. It's, like, you have to know where to jump from. You have like to you learn have to it. know the distance that it goes. Yeah, you right? have to learn the mechanics of it. Because it goes yeah. forward by default, unlike the regular jump. Which is just straight up and down. You can shift it while you're in air a little bit, but it's it, you're pretty committed. It's a little hairier. Yeah. <laughs> also, obviously, you have a dinosaur friend. So if you get him out of his little egg thing, you can ride him. And he allows you to eat enemies with his big red tongue. Right. It's a new way of defeating enemies, you know, like much like firepower was very novel in Super Mario 1. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have Yoshi, you can just like eat enemies and the berries, which get you extra lives eventually and stuff They're like that. They're kind of like coins for Yoshi. They're Yoshi coins, right? Yeah. Are they Yoshi cookies? <laughs> the Yoshi berries. Do we have to talk about Yoshi cookie in a few episodes? Yes. It's part <laughs> of the franchise. Okay. Uh, now, another thing is, if you recall the... the it's true. Well, you're right, we do. Yeah. If you recall the item inventory of Super Mario Brothers, so it was like a little toolbox on the on the world map you could flip through. Right. In Super Mario World, there is an item reserve box at the top of the screen. Now, I always liked item reserve, personally, because stage two, one, or whatever just always has a, a feather. And so I would just stock that. I, like if I, even if it like ran out, I right. would like sometimes go back there and just like quickly like fill, if I was on like a hard stage or something, yeah. it's like, well, I'll just dump that in the item reserve. And, and then like, I just always have that available. Well, it's great because you can have uh you can have items up there like a feather or um, a fire flower or yeah. a star or whatever, a mushroom. And if you get hit, it'll fall, but you can also just make it come down by hitting select. Yeah. So you have the option of like, cause sometimes you'd have this weird, like where you were, you were big 
but you wanted the feather like now, <laughs> like or whatever. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Or, or maybe the fire flower or whatever's in there. Yeah. So you could do that. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about the flying because we mentioned the feather, which you don't stick in your cap. And no. You certainly do not call macaroni in yeah. this game. That's from Mario 64 where you stick it in your cap. It's true. Yoshi cookie. Yeah. Uh, what you what you do is we mentioned how in the 89 build, there was the leaf and the raccoon in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which was introduced in Super Mario Bros. 3. Very cool new feature awesome. was the flying, right? Yeah. Now that's old hat or old cap. Yeah. So Definitely wh- old cap. So what they do is they get a feather. They change it. They're like, well, that's a Super Mario 3 thing. You know, this leaf. We don't need that. So you get a cape. You get a cape. Stuck a feather in your now, cape. Stop. On one hand... You know the, the cape uh, is inferior to the raccoon ears. I'm saying it now. I'm gonna di- let you finish. Let's discuss this. Actually, go ahead. So on one hand, I think the ground attack that the that the cape has, as opposed to the raccoon tail hitting thing, yeah. I think that's better than the raccoon. It's the same thing. It's f- way faster, is and you really? can do that thing where you can see, you, while you're doing it, you'll like spin and like float around like on the oh, you'll, like, that's glide. True. It has it's that so cheap. Like yeah. it's so cheap. Its ground maneuver is really good. Right maneuver. I think the flying is inferior just yeah. because, it, but at the same time, the flying, the thing with the flying is it's hard to know. Some people argue that it isn't inferior, and the reason is you don't have to depend on P to like retain your flying. That's so you, you don't can, need P. You can literally fly endlessly if you're good enough. Like you can fly through the entire stage. Yeah, I mean it is hard. It gets dicey though. Well, because a lot of times they put bullshit up there in your way too. There, yeah, but I've seen people yeah. who are like really good. And, like, they can just, like, fly through nearly every stage. I guess I'm just partial to Super Mario 3, but I think you're right. From a technical level, I think the cape-feather combo is better than the raccoon-leaf combo. It's, like, not... The only thing is it's, like, not as charming... Like yes, I, that, that's, that's what, what, that's it what it's missing. Here's the thing: is it's the flying is skill based. I think that's the only problem. Is so it, when you were new to the game, you're like, this flying sucks because it's like it's not just you tap a button, you fly, right? Good point. But when you started to learn it, you were like, oh shit, this is like kind of better. I have to be good at this. Yeah, but once it, it didn't, it wasn't that difficult to get good at it. Like you eventually figured it out, and you were like, oh, I see now. Yeah, like, you know what right. I mean. You're right. Okay, that's very fair, Quinn. Uh, we should mention that uh, Fire Flower has returned. At this point, it's just whatever, right? I mean, Fire Power is like just yeah. part of the scenery at this point, right? Yeah, it's just, it has to be there. It's nothing to get excited about. It's just a prerequisite now. Yeah. Oh, it's a Mario game? Okay, Fire Flower. Although, I do like that Mario Mario's colors when he has Fire Flower are awesome in this game. This is the official canonization of the white and red. It's so good. Because they had used it in the first yeah. game, but that was due to limitations. He looks so cool with the Fire Flower in this game. Like, I really you always liked so? it. Yeah, I was like, this is like the best version of like what it looks like you like it better than the orange from super three uh yeah i like you it do. way better okay that's fair. It, it just it's more bold right and it, it does show off the colors of the system the contrasting like dark red against yeah. the white you know before we get into the enemies in the worlds let's talk about the first second visually this is a very good looking game no surprise from nintendo red. but it really is isn't it? it's a very pleasing aesthetic it's really showing off the colors, like I said with the other all thirty two thousand seven hundred sixty. Yeah, it's it's like I think it really like plays with it how like you know stages the backgrounds are much nicer. Oh, and they're like, animated they're much colorful, and more colorful. more colorful. And there's more stuff. They use transparencies in the water levels. There's so parallax like, scrolling. There's parallax scrolling. Yeah, good point. Like, there's tons of like niceties 
about Super Mario World, but at the same time, they do a good job making it familiar to like Mario fans. Like it doesn't feel like a completely different. Like it's not like how like for example like Castlevania Four just looks like completely right. different from the other Castlevanias on NES. Or if you want to even roll it back to Zelda Two on NES, right? In, you know, side scroller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they kind of did a great job blending it in to seem like the same universe right in much the same way that three was familiar but still very different than one world is like taking what people remember from one two and three and just tweaking it a little bit and and adding like more making the backgrounds a little more complicated and colorful and stuff and because we're in a different world you know we're in a dinosaur land and all those places it can look different. It, they yeah. don't have to rehash anything that they had background-wise and element-wise. There's a lot of, like, sun-baked backgrounds, yeah. like, you know, like, more oranges instead of just blue skies. Good point. You know, yeah, like, stuff are. like that. There are. i say we do uh, what has rapidly been becoming my favorite part of these Mario games is where we go through all of the enemies okay. and all of the worlds. So let's do the enemies first. Just because that's fun. So, for the sake of simplicity, we're just going to do these in alphabetical order. Folks. So, this isn't in order of appearance. If no. You're like, why are you at like a boss character or somebody in like the later stages? Yeah, like now it just is easier. So, there's the amazing flying Hammer Brother, which is like basically a Hammer Brother on a, a floating platform. It's like, what if we put a Hammer Brother with a Lakitu like, style? Kind of, except he like swings all. Of, this guy sucks, kind of, but he's really <laughs> easy to beat. He throws hammers at you though, which is yeah. kind of annoying, right? There's the ball and chain, which is this essentially has replaced the, the fire, fire spinnies. Yeah, the fire and, stick guys and the roto disc. Yeah, it's a it, believe it or not, it's a ball and chain that it, spins around. It's fairly big though. It takes yeah. up a lot of real estate, so ball, it's like it's making balls. making it like you kind of have to judge your trajectory if you're going to try to jump over it when it's going over the top. Fair enough. But you can go through it too. You can go through the the smaller chains. The chain they, they don't hit you. Yeah, that's that's correct. You just can't get hit by the balls. Right. Uh, bonsai Bill. Yes, Bonsai Bill. Now this is just showing off to me. Like <laughs> this is like, hey. We can make the sprites bigger. We can zoom in on just that sprite and just make yeah. them huge. I'm sure this goes without saying, but it's a giant bullet bill. Right, that, but, he, but he's the size of the entire screen. And notice like he, the screen, he yeah. appears in like the second stage because they yeah. really, and they do it like it's a surprise too. Like you don't, like if you never played the game before, yeah. all of a sudden you hear something go off and he's just like, you're like, Holy, and you're like, oh shit. Like, and then you're like scrambling to like get in. You could just barely jump, jump over. over him, yeah, yeah, like just a little bit. <laughs> but what a brilliant place to put him in though don't you think he's definitely a jump scare and, yeah. and like hey we can do this on super nintendo like that's what he's intended to be look what we can do right, right yeah. yeah in the same vein if you remember boo from super mario brothers boo right. diddly excuse mm-hmm. me from boo super diddly, mario brothers yes. 3 well we have big boo yeah so it's same the thing. same concept just hey we blew up a boo like he's huge <laughs> it's the same sprite he's just gigantic we blew up a boo yeah blew up a boo no yeah sorry uh there's also <laughs> big <laughs> Big, this thing's fucking annoying, big, by the way. Big bubble. Yeah, this fucking dumb thing. It's, like, it's a just green a, ectoplasm. Yeah. Now, is this the bubble that can hit you, kill you on touch, or is this yes. the bubble you can get trapped in, or whatever? This is it kills you. Okay. This um, is the one that kills you. Okay. Yeah, you can spin jump off of it though. Yes. Because spin jump is awesome. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I can't stress enough. Like, spin jump. The other thing it can do, we didn't really say, is but like, just how like the spiky guys, how you could jump on them without suit on yeah yes like the spin jump just always lets you jump on everything and you always have it and you can't lose it like yeah. that's like it's just a default it's so cheap talent yeah <laughs> do you think mario learned that in medical school maybe mm. that's a new technique maybe 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 big steely 
Yeah, so this is this just a big ball. Like, it's a big iron ball. <laughs> yeah, it's thrown by... Well, steel, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's thrown by Bowser. Right. And you just avoid it, and you're, you're fine. You can spin jump off of it. Is that the only time it's seen? Yeah. Okay, Bowser's wow. Castle. That's, like the, in the, that's the end of the game. Bowser's Castle. Right. One of my personal favorite names and enemies in this game is the lava dinosaur known as Blarg. Yes. So Blarg tends to appear, and this, this is always how my mental note of Blarg is, he appears always like three seconds after you jump on a platform that's on lava, yeah. like every time. Yeah. There's always like this delay before Blarg shows up, right? <laughs> it's like, and you kind of just like, you, you like muscle memory learn that like, yeah, Blarg's like coming, right? Like he he's just gonna be there. Is this the most that Blarg has been said in a show ever? Maybe it's the most he's ever been talked about. Good but, for Blarg. But he's he's very like he's just annoying because you can't stand still on the thing. Like you can't right. get like a second to think. Like you're like, oh well, here comes Blarg, Fucking right? Blarg like, again. Fuck, here he comes. Like he just kind of was like <laughs> kind of makes that noise. Blarg. Yeah. That's <laughs> what he does. Yeah. Uh there's Blurp, which is a fish that wears goggles. Yes. Babom has returned, Quinn. Of course. Babom. It wouldn't be a Mario game without Babom. We need Babom. Bony Beetle is a <laughs> This enemy's just stupid to me. <laughs> he never like really is a threat. Right, well, and, he, and the only time he actually is is usually if there's like other enemies and you're like trying to get away, and yeah. he's kind of just like he just decides to be spiky. Yeah, Bony Beetle, by the way, is a, is a Buzzy Beetle mummy version. Remember how there's dry bones? Yeah, same thing. He'll walk around and he doesn't have spikes, but then when he like ducks or sleeps or whatever he's doing, yeah, his spikes like, come up. He, his spikes come up to like protect him while he's like not moving. I always just avoid Bony Beetle. He sucks. I think George Harrison was the Bony Beetle. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, there's also, Boo Diddley has been renamed here, or maybe it's technically a different character. Mm-hmm. Boo Buddy. Why? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he's the same as three. You know, it's the ghost that here, turns away. Here's an interesting one. Yes, Quinn. Boo Buddy Block. That's- so this guy is basically like, he's a block, but like you can stand on him, but if you have to look away from him all yep. at the same time, like yep. it's so weird. It's very creative from a level design point of view. Right. Because it's just a temporary block. If you think about like what they're doing, it's just a disappearing block. Yes, but there's stages where like, you know how you would manipulate Boo to move out of the way, right? You mm-hmm. would look away so that he would go away, right? Yep. Now this is kind of the opposite. You're manipulating him to get in a position where he can turn into the block. Yeah. So you can jump on him. Right, to get to where you're to going. To get to somewhere else. It's yeah. pretty creative. There's Boo Buddy Snake, which is literally Boo Buddy and his friends, and they all look stupid. So Boo Buddy Snake, <laughs> in the, basically in the Boo Houses or whatever, Yeah. to me, this is just used in lieu of the chain, ball and chain. It's the like, same It's thing. the same type it's like it just thing. spins in a circle or it, it comes down to block your way or something like yeah they do it, they're annoying yeah they're just kind of like an obstruction pretty much like, yeah pretty much uh there's the boo crew which is uh boo buddies that are in like transparent form in certain ghost houses i yeah. think it is that's all it is i don't have much comment on these no guys. me neither Bowser statue. Yes, those back, have returned. Baby. Yeah. F- one of them spits fire, and then there's a gold one that actually hops at you. Yeah, that moves. It's scary. Like, it tricks you. Bullet Bill has returned. Buzzy Beetle has returned, and yes. he's still the same annoying, stupid beetle as ever. You yeah. know? And you can kick a shell, do all that. Yeah, yeah. kick shell. Yeah. Uh, chainsaw. This is part of the new mechanic where you can go up, like, ropes and stuff. Yes. You'll be hanging on the rope, 
and maybe it'll go in a circle, but there'll also be a chainsaw. So the idea is that you can't stay in the same position on the on the rope. You have to like move up and down so that the chainsaw that's also passing on the same like yeah. line you're stuck on <laughs> doesn't hit you. It's very convoluted. Yeah. One of the most notable new characters in this game, just because of the it's kind of like a silly, yeah. iconic little character, is Charge and Chuck, which is a football Koopa, basically, right. who wears the helmet and pads. Usually at the end of a level, you'll find so him. The concept of him is you they always place him in a spot where it's like you can like see the 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 exit tape or whatever that is. Yeah. Like and, and he's kind of like just annoyingly in the way. But why is he annoying? Because when you jump on him, you get knocked away. Yeah. Like he he has this weird like knockback when you jump on him. Yep. You can eventually be him, but you gotta jump on him like a few times. I think three. But it yeah. takes forever. I always thought that they don't really encourage you to kill Charge and Chuck. Like you're just supposed to try to get over him. There's a few variations. There's one that throws baseballs, one that throws footballs. Yes. Cheap cheeps are here in their own right, and they are still just the little fish that are barely a threat. They're just yeah, there nothing. and they're annoying. Circling boo buddies are boo buddies that fly in a circle. There's always a formation and there's usually a gap. Yes. Because sometimes so they'll put like a them. question mark block in between them yeah. or something. And you kind of just have to navigate your right, way through yeah. them. All these enemies are used really well, not to a frustrating degree. Yeah, there's like, for example, just those circling boosts. I, there, I remember there's certain stages where there'll be like just a block in the middle, right? But then there'll be another block up there and there'll be two circling boosts, but you'll have to get through the gaps right. to like get to the next area. Yeah. It's it's very creative. Very creative. Yeah. Climbing Koopas. So yeah, this, this goes with the rope thing. Well, and the fence thing. The fence and thing. The too, fence yeah. thing. So there's a new mechanic where you can jump onto a fence, and then sometimes you can go through the little door and flip to the so other side. So there's a door because when you're on the fence, you can use your um, your usually your run button or whatever. Yeah. Why? You can use it to hit the fence. So if the climbing Koopa is on the opposite side of the fence, and again, this is using all the tricks of the Super Nintendo, yeah. like yep. that they're you know like hey, it's like you know there's two different planes here, right? Exactly. Like, and you can, if he's on the opposite side, you know you can walk over climbing Koopa, you could do whatever, but you can also hit the fence and he gets knocked it's off. It's funny, but then climbing Koopa will also try to he can go through the openings, <laughs> yes. right? He can he can hit them himself yes. and then flip sides. It's pretty good. Yeah, and then like you're like oh shit, like he's on my side now, and you're kind of like trying to get around. It's a really cool Clever, clever way to use the Super Nintendo here in the yeah. level design. It really is. By the way, if you're on the fence, you should probably make a decision. Well, my decision is I'm going to kick your ass if you don't stop with these awful jokes. There's Dino Rhino, who is a slow rhino dinosaur, I so, guess, is the point there's there. A not- so Dino Rhino is like a notable like boss <laughs> character or yes. something, like where they put like... There's these platforms that are circling, kind of like the, yeah. the boo circle, but they're just platforms, right? And they spin. And there's like four of them. And there's like di- I think there's five dino rhinos. And there's they're all spinning and they're all shooting fire at fireballs at you. But and they're fireballs that you can't jump on or anything. Right. So you just have to completely avoid them. But the op- the whole idea of the boss fight is basically you have to the platforms that you can hit them and they'll die when when you hit the you hit them with your head. You hit them with your head. So you're trying to get from underneath. There's also Dino Torch, which are tiny little Dino Rhinos. These guys, they are real dicks about where they place these guys sometimes in the later stages. Yes. Like, they will just be in the fucking way. Like, and you're like, move. And they're blowing fire at you. Yeah, like, it's so annoying. They're very mean. But you can kill them with firepower. Yes. The tiny ones. Yeah, but they're usually, like, always in, like, a very annoying spot that it's, like, kind of hard to hit them. And normally you have your cape anyway, probably, you know, and then one uses firepower in this game. I'm kidding. Uh, There's disappearing boo buddies. They um, disappear. They disappear, and then they reappear. That's just fucking great. Uh, We got Captain Obvious over here. Why don't you make my ass disappear, huh? How about that? 
Make my fucking ass disappear. Dry Bones has returned, Quinn, the now, uh, was, skeleton Koopa. What is your opinion of Dry Bones' design in this game? I, I, I never liked horrible. it. It's horrible. He's too goofy. Yeah, he looks like, like a duck. I don't know why they made him like this. Like he, He's like one of the only <laughs> enemies that changes like drastically how and they change. How way worse, too. Yeah, he's like doofy. He looks like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking Dry Bones looks like a what moron. Do, like, why? Like, I always, it's always confused me. <laughs> what was wrong with him in Super 3? Come why on, man. Why did just make him look like the Koopa Troopers right. or whatever? That would have been fine. Eerie is a rarely seen uh, little ghost dinosaur, and it just floats around. It's, so, it's, <laughs> it's not that good. Well, I'll say this. I feel like he was more common than I thought. Maybe because he's in one of the early ghost houses, yeah. so you like always see him. But, it, but like he's he's basically like a ghost that's like physical. Yes. Like he doesn't disappear or, or like he's anything. Just he's just he's just annoying. He's, he's just, just in the way. Yeah. yeah. But he, he is, goes on his own pattern. He, you don't have to like look at him or not look at him. <laughs> Ignore him if you want to. Yeah. But he is. Uh, he's not ubiquitous the way the Boo Buddies are in all of them. There's falling spike, which is a um, a spike that falls on right. you in certain environments. Fuck! I'm gonna put a spike in your. Ass. You know what I always didn't like about falling spike? <laughs> what? Because. Uh, it's a completely different color than the spikes that are around it, so it's like super obvious. Well, yeah, it's, on it's like the dumbest. Like, the, like why is it? You see it, it's like really hard to not notice because it just always it's like y- y- bright yellow, and it's usually next to like gray spikes. It's like, yeah. yeah, no shit, it's gonna fall, right? It just falls out like a loose tooth on you too. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just annoying. It's just like a weird like. Why did they make it so obvious? Well, for the kid, it's yeah. for the kids, Quinn. There's fire snake, which is a snake made of fire. Hey. How you doing? Everything good? Fishbone is a fish uh, skeleton. Yeah. The dry bones of the sea. I'm noticing a trend here where they really went all out with the ghost stuff. They did, because there's a lot of ghost shit. Well, because... I, I thought one of the draws of this game is actually the ghost houses were like a big addition. Like, uh, the levels explicitly devoted to the ghosts. Yeah, you know what? That's true. There was never, never had that, that before. Yeah, the ghosts were just in the fortresses, right? But they didn't have their own like specific like ghost. spooky ghosts. Remember, it's like it even has like a, uh, an opening cutscene. It's like yeah, Yoshi doesn't go in. Remember, he never the fart noise when you go in the door. Remember, Yoshi always waits outside. He's like, I'm not going in there. Yeah, it's the other thing. Yoshi's like, I ain't going in there. He never does. You meet him on the other side. Yeah, he never ever goes in there. Yeah. There is also, speaking of this, Fish and Boo, which is <laughs> Lakitu-style ghost that f- fishes like a flame on a stick. On a stick. What a bunch of bullshit, it right? It is funny. But there's also regular Fish and Lakitu, yeah. Quinn's favorite, Lakitu. Now, he has a one-up this time. Is that to make him more friendlier and less yeah, dicky? Yeah, he's turning face like around this time, remember? Well, because Mario Kart's coming out, he'll be like a featured <laughs> yeah, he's player in there. Uh, there's Flame. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's just a flame. flame. Uh, there's the flashing shell, which is an interesting one. So, you know, the Koopa shell, it would come out of yep. pipes and things. Well, and this time around, a flashing shell tries to hit you on its own. It's just so like, it's got like a mind of its own or something. Yeah. Or, or I guess it's maybe supposed to be a Koopa in there controlling it or, or something. Or Koopa sent it. Yeah. yeah like I don't know. But shell. It's, it's, uh, it's a pain in the ass. Usually <laughs> it comes out of nowhere, too. Yeah, it's very annoying. There's the floating mine, which is a big spiky mine thing. This thing's it, like everywhere yeah and it's right? annoying like it's specifically i think why it's perceived as like common again because it's in one of the early stages where it's just like in the water like a buoy or something buoy buoy it's like get move like <laughs> it's like fucking annoying yeah it's an annoyance it's yeah what it's designed to be uh goombas have returned including the fly variety so there's the regular goombas they've been redesigned again so Quinn. The, now they look like tomatoes or something yeah. i never I, I never considered these goombas i don't like this version of the goomba they're very minor in this game. In fact, if you stomp on them with B, they get flattened first, remember? 
Yeah. Don't they have two different levels? There's something weird about the Goombas in this one. You they, can complete- They're just strange in this game. They, yeah. They do not behave like the normal Goombas. In no. fact, I never thought of them as Goombas. Like, I thought of them as, like, a brand new anime. Yeah, they're still Goombas. They redesigned them. There's also a Fuzzy, which is a, a f- furball. No, honestly, fuck this thing, because it's just, like, in the way. Like, it's another one where it's, like, usually on a line or something. Yes. Yeah, it sucks. Fussy. Uh, there's grinder, which is a fucking saw blade. Another thing that's on a, on yeah, a line, on usually, a... where you, you're on a rope and it's moving or something. It's like, oh, why don't we just send a big fucking chainsaw at you? <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of power tools in yeah. this game. Chainsaws yeah. and saw blades and yeah. stuff. Circular there's stuff. a messed up one, this next one. Haunted hole with the hole that just, like, moves. Ooh. Yeah. Like, it's like, really? Like, yeah. do we need this right now? <laughs> it's a platform, and then the gap just, like, moves on it you. It just like, suddenly moves, like, without... <laughs> Without any warning. It's very annoying. Yeah. Hothead, which is kind of the spiritual successor to Fry Guy in my mind. Right. What do you very think? Very much, yes. It's a big spark and it circles around and it's annoying. Kind of also maybe the successor to the sun, the evil oh, sun. similar to the evil sun, right? There are the piranha plants. The they're back, baby. Why? They do some weird things in this. Like, there's one that, like, spits, like, stuff in the air yeah. or something. Fire or other things. There's yeah. another one that just jumps around. Well, no, it, like, blows things. Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Uh, so the Koopas have returned in a few varieties. So there's the regular Koopa Troopas redesigned. Right. There are the Power Troopas, which is the flying ones. There is also, in a very funny bit, Koopa without a shell, and they're wearing underpants. Right. When you jump on the Koopas, Koopa comes out of the shell. This is where you see the ones with the underpants. Yeah. Right. It's true. <laughs> underpants, Koopa. Like, this is the most common, but sometimes they'll just be flying around, too. Yeah, there's regular ones that just fly around. They, they don't un- have their shells. There's underpants ones on with, that have capes to fly, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, regular Lakitu. It's not just fishing Lakitu. There's regular Lakitu in a stupid why cloud. Why don't we have two forms of this pain in the ass? <laughs> he throws eggs, yeah. spinies, of course, his There's favorite. There's a Lakitu in a pipe. Now, that's unnecessary. We're getting out of hand here. Stay in the sky, Lakitu. Yeah. yeah. Know your lane, man. I think Podobo has just been renamed Lava Bubble, and I'm oh, very okay. sad about it. Yeah, that looks like him. It's fucked up. Uh, there's a little Sparky, which is a little flame. It's like a little version of the, yeah, the, the flame guy. Yeah. All right, can we talk about Magikoopa? This Magi Koopa. I don't like him. It's a sorcerer. So why is he annoying, right? Because he he throws magic, right? But then it will hit other things <sighs> and change them into stuff. It's very frustrating, this right? guy. Like, and, and the worst part is like he disappears like way faster than some... You'll go to stomp on him and he just like moves. He's and he can so go anywhere on the screen. Yeah, he's so frustrating. But what a great... The creativity here is really good, Quinn. Yeah. Despite some of the frustration. I always thought of Magic Koopa as kind of like, like Koopa's usually speaking to just dumb turtles that have, yeah, the, that the aren't troopas. smart or, or whatever. Underpants. Like, I always thought of Magic Koopa as like his like advisor or something. Yeah, that's like, 100% what it's like supposed to be. He's much smarter. He's like a Magic Koopa. He's a sage, right? Yeah. He's a sorcerer, even. Yeah. This, these are funny. The Mecha Koopas, like mechanical Bowser. So they Bowsers. come in at the, again at the end of the game. Yeah. But like, what's neat about them is like they, they, they even they have like a mechanical walk to them. But then you can like when you stomp them, you pick them up and you can throw them at Koopa. You just throw them right at Koopa. Yeah, Bowser. it's the only way to hit him. It's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah you throw them. So there are moles. Uh, Monty Mole, which is a regular size mole. Fucking, I hate that. It's name. Just annoying. Monty Mole. Uh, it's like the dumbest name it's alliterative and what about uh, the big version that wears sunglasses Megamole this uh, Megamole always felt again to me oh look at our mode 7 right it's like we took the same sprite we just blew it up that's what it is Uh, Muncher is kind of a piranha I believe it's kind of like those white piranha plants from the last one yeah yeah but I'll tell you what returning Ninji is back back, baby from Super Mario 2 yeah 
I'm very what proud a weird of Ninji. You always like when somebody comes cute. back from Super Mario Brothers 2. Well, 2 is very underrated. <laughs> There's Pillar. So this thing Can is... Can explain that, Pillar? Okay. First of all, this is again another mode seven trick because it's like abnormally big, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like it's like insanely it's large. Like, yeah. so what it is is basically like think of this as like a thwomp that looks like poo or something. Basically, like it usually just comes out from the ceiling, and it, it it's like poo. Is that what you said? Yeah, it looks poopy because of the weird like part at the bottom. You know, I always just thought it looked like poo. But anyway, mm, we're sorry. What's interesting about it? It starts to drop slowly but then it just like accelerates really fast like poo and so this thing what's interesting about it usually is it's very large so you kind of have to like wait till it goes up all the way to the are you talking about poop or the pillar pillar okay and then folks turn the show off and then you gotta run real fast and generally (laughs) i've always noticed i don't know about you what but when it drops, it usually drops right when you, like, just after you pass it, right? Are like, you talking about <laughs> poop or pillar? Both. But uh, <laughs> that's pillar for you. There you go. Oh, God. Thanks for listening. Uh, there's piranhas. Again, we mentioned them. There's Pokey. Pokey has returned from Super Mario Brothers 2, Quinn. Well, this is, this, well see... What I think is funny Pokey here is, he is back. this is the game that he was meant to be in. The thing <laughs> yeah, about him point. is that he's clearly there to show you that, hey, this is like perfectly made for Yoshi, Yoshi. to eat him. Five little blocks <laughs> and Yoshi can just nice nice and neatly munch him up. Have a like, nice snack. Yeah, it's just like very easy. It is pretty cute though. It's five blocks and if you want to just eat one of them, you can and he'll just and keep just going. And just jump over him. Yeah, he'll keep going. And I think Yoshi can jump on his head too because of his boots or something. I believe so. And spin, spin, spin jump can. can do it too. Definitely. Yeah. Porky Puffer is a puffer fish. And it's no. the large. It's just another like, hey, you're swimming. Why don't we put a large ass thing in your way? Like that's like what they like that's to do. That's what it is. Uh, Rex is kind of a bluish T Rex. I feel Tiny. like this guy is ridiculously common for some reason. He's, he's like all over the place. He's in this especially game. in the early levels, right? Yeah, he's all over the game. He's like, almost Goomba ish. You stomp yeah. on him once, he flattens, and then you stomp he's on him again. He's annoying because you have to stomp twice on him. That's, that's his gimmick, right? Unlike unlike most enemies, <laughs> yes. you have to hit him twice. That's his gimmick. Uh, best name ever. <laughs> Rip Van Fish. So Rip Van Fish, right? Don't you love when you're swimming and there's this stupid thing that won't move out of the way, but sleeping. then when you get close to him, he decides to swim and it's always erratic and never in those right direction? That's Rip Van Fish. What a name. Yeah. I looked at it, they didn't even try to find a fish related, an aquatic or a nautical pond for a winkle. It's, it's not necessary. They're yeah. just like Rip Van, I don't know, fish. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> There's Sand Tide, which is kind of like the poop pillar. It's kind of like the poop pillar, but just it has like a kind of like an angle at the end. <laughs> yes, it's made of sand. They like to get real creative with this stupid thing because there'll, there'll be like parts where there's like multiple sand tides going like one different ways and there's only like little openings. Yes. Like, and you have, it's like kind of tense. You kind of have to like get, tensest. Like, get between the two angles of it. Yes. It's so weird. There's also a skewer, which is a big spiky stick for lack of a better term that does just the same type of thing. type thing, yeah. And there's also just regular spike, which comes up from the ground and tries to impale you in the butt. Yeah. There's a bunch of other, like, incidental things, but, like, Spiny's return, Spiny's egg. I gotta tell you, I love the Suma brother. They're very rare, but yes. it's just, like, a huge, fat Koopa. But it, it stomps around, yeah. too. It's kind of like the Sledge brother. 
You know what's another one? Super Koopa. Super Koopa is amazing. This one, you know why this one's good? Cause it's, it's because he drops the cape. Yes. Yeah, so I always. Koopa's in their underpants flying around with a magic cape. Yeah, like Superman. He's in his underpants. It's very, they're, they're starting to become more and more sympathetic. You notice that? Yeah. The, the Koopas. It's true. As the games go on. There is Swooper, which is a fucking bat. This thing is always annoying. It's very aggravating it's and always, unsettling. And, and you know what the worst part about it is? What is that? They always, always, always place it in a point where it's like, okay, you got to jump here, and then you'll jump and like, like you'll yeah. that like flapping noise, <laughs> it's and it's just like, oh, get out of the fuck! Like Very that annoying. thing hits you more often than you think it does. It's true, right? Quinn. It's like it's always like it's <laughs> it's it's always very like unexpected. It's just like what? It like really why is does. that there? You're one hundred percent right. Uh, so Thwomp have returned, and Thwomp, not to be confused with a swamp, if you're Dusty right. Roads, and there's Thwimp. Also, yes. the smaller Thwomp. That's what you get at Red Lobster. Yeah. You get it never ending in Thwimp. <laughs> um, so anyway, Thwomps are now gray. They're annoying, but Thwimps are also, they hop around. Yeah, the Thwimps are like <laughs> way more common to me. Popcorn Thwimp. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also Torpedo Base, which is basically... It just fires Torpedo Ted. Thank you. Yes, yeah. Torpedo. What is that? Well, yeah. that's kind of like Bullet Bill, but it's Torpedo Ted. It's kind of like more skinny. <laughs> this enemy's kind of dumb because it's like super skinny, so there's a lot of surface area to like jump on him. Yeah, it's yeah, a wider like, target. Yeah, it's like kind of stupid. He's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Ted. I think Torpedo Ted, though, can he's got like homing or something, doesn't he? Can he like turn sometimes? I think he can turn. There's also Turtle Cannon again making its return. Hey, I'm back. I'm an enemy, so, even though I don't really do anything. More underwater annoyances. Urchin. Uh, urchin. Volcano Lotus. This what- thing's <laughs> fucking everywhere. What a pain in the balls. I swear this enemy has a different name in Super Mario 3, or there's something like very similar that's like a jellyfish. I don't know. But anyway. Yoshi can can kill him, and I believe... Yeah, Yoshi can can eat him. Can you spin jump him? I'm not sure. No, you can't. Okay. And then Wiggler is a little caterpillar that uh, starts off yellow with a little flower on his head. Those stages where the trees or whatever, he's like all over that. In the forest. He gets red and mad. Her, I get red and mad too if I had to listen to you two assholes rambling on. About every uh, every fucking thing in the uh, uh, uh fuck it, popcorn thwimp was pretty funny. So there's some bosses that we have to talk about here. So Resner, it's not the rhinoceros thing, Quinn, from the platform thing. It's but I mean, similar. It's essentially the same. It's similar. Yeah. Resner, which better be named after Trent Resner, it better be, <laughs> is the Triceratops, right. and it is on the platforms. Then there is. There's the big the boo. The like, big boo. Like, this is such a cool boss to me. So this, you, it's kind of using the fact that you can pick up these blocks that, there are these blocks that when you pick them up, they're on like a timer, like they'll go away yeah. if, you, if you hold them too long. Yep. And what you're trying to do is there's like a couple layers of these blocks, right? Yep. So what big boo's trying to do is he's just trying to like kind of stay out of the way and like kind of hit you a little bit. Yep. But really what he's hoping you do is is that use too many of the blocks and then there's a hole underneath. Yep. Right? So it's kind of a race. It's like you're trying to like economize like how many, how many like, blocks trying you not to miss them and stuff. Yeah, and you have to time the hit with the way the block is uh, right. lighting up or something, right? Or Well, no, it's just because the the block will flash and yeah. then it will flash faster and faster and faster until it goes poof and it's gone. It goes poof. He's basically like trying to kill time. He's trying to timer scam you. You'd think if you were a giant ghost, you would find better tactics than wasting someone's time. Yeah. But hey, he's got all the time in the world, I guess, right? But the boos are notoriously the afraid. They're always so That's scared. That's true. They're very scared. Yeah. The Kooplings have returned. They're just shuffled in a different order. So I'm just going to run them down quick, one through seven in terms of the castles that they're yeah. in. Now the order is Iggy, 
Morton. Morton Koopa Jr. Jr., excuse me. Uh, Not to be confused with Morton Downey Jr. Yes, different different Jr. Uh, Lemmy, Ludwig von Koopa, of course. Uh-huh. Roy, Wendy O, and then Larry actually gets the seventh spot wow. here. Pro- he got upgraded. Promo. Yeah. It was Ludwig last time. Uh, and then, obviously, Bowser, the so, final boss. So, so we got to talk about Bowser, right? Because he has a <sighs> extra special... They go nuts with Bowser in this game, in my opinion. They they do like it's really cool. In my, like I really always liked it. Well, he has a vehicle, first of all. So he's got this like clown yes. helicopter thing. It's called the Koopa Clown Car. Even though it's like flying, so how is it a car? It's got but, a propeller. Yeah, because it's a alliterative, Quinn. The whole boss battle. I love this boss battle. So like, okay. you come on like a castle like rooftop kind of situation, right? Yep. All of a sudden, he starts thundering, and then it's like, dun, dun. He gets like a whole intro, right? <laughs> he gets like and, entrance music. Yeah, it's like, and then he's like, wah, 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 and he like flies in. Yep. And he's like trying to just stomp on you because the propeller blades are trying to hit you. Yeah. The whole fight is basically like you're trying to avoid him, right? You really can't do You can't like jump up to get him or no, whatever. No, you can't. What you're doing is you're waiting for him to drop Mecha Koopas, who he keeps he keeps sending Mecha Koopas to try to get you. Yep. They don't die when you hit them. They, they get crunchy. They get right? crunchy, <laughs> and then you can kick them up. But what's cool about it is like you got to kind of like arc them so that like Bowser's like f- doing a low pass right while you're throwing the thing, and then it hits his head. It's a great rendition of Bowser because they keep him intimidating without rehashing the same mechanics from either of the previous two games. Right. He's very different. Beating Bowser is still important. I think you said this earlier. It still matters. You... But it's we not can't get 96 without it. But. Right, which we'll, we'll mention shortly, but it's not the point of the game mm-hmm. anymore is just to beat Bowser. There's a lot of other things to unlock. That's like the story mode. Think of it that way. And yeah, then, there you like, go. The rest is like kind of the, the open, like look for stuff thing. Yeah, sandbox, if yeah. you will. So let's talk about there's bonus games and, and all this. I mean, we can't cover literally Yeah, there's a every lot. Single this game thing. has a lot more than most of them. Right, but we got to talk about the worlds. So the world map is really creative, really different, and it's done. In such, it's done in such a way where it's all connected. Right. So, and I feel like what was cool about this game that they did, the last game, the world maps were like independent of each other. Yeah. So they said, "What if we make it feel bigger by like connecting it all?" You're not like screen, flying off screen. to a different world. Yeah. Like it's like no, no, no. They're like different paths. And there's even like in the stage select. I think if you, I forget which button, but you can like look at the whole map. Yeah, you can. I right? think it's L and R. Uh, I forget. Like I know what you zoom mean. Zoom out, like yeah. and see the whole thing. And scroll so that around. You can tell where you are relative to everything yes. else. So the worlds are done in a really cool way, where you start on the kind of the bottom left of the map, and that would be. The very basic first stage known as Yoshi's Island, which only has four regular levels. Uh, it has a Yoshi's house, like, basically like the welcome center, like yeah. the visitor center, right? <laughs> it's literally like, hey, they stole yeah. the, like, princess, or, like, they're just bitching there, like, the whole game. <laughs> the exposition center, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like, and what's weird, it's just weird because you can go back to it at any point, like, and they'll be like, hey, there's, they, they took the print, like, yeah, I fucking know. We I was know. here, like, at the beginning of the game. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then you will... You you can get the yellow switch palace there 
Iggy's castle is right. there. So the first switch is introduced in this because it, it, yep. what's cool is they don't show it to you. You have to go up the mountain. Yeah, and that's another thing we should mention this year. Whereas in Super Mario Bros. 3, all of the levels that you need to play are already visible. In this game, certain levels, the path to go to them does not appear until after you beat one. Right. And then you can always go back and play them if you and want. And I always thought a really smart thing that they did in this game was at the Welcome Center where you start or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Delaware. This to me always, this is classic Nintendo emphasizing that there's multiple paths. When you first start the game, you can go two ways. Yeah, immediately. You can choose Yoshi's Island 1 or Yoshi's Island 2. Yoshi's Island 2, oddly to you, before you like, get open it up it has like a dead end so you're like where would that even go yes right and that's that's the first stage it has an alternate exit and then the one on the right is conventional it just goes like you know when you beat it it just goes directly up there's no like secret or anything great point quinn right immediately it's showing you the two types of like things you can do perfect right and that's been one of nintendo's calling cards since the beginning of the series yeah without even like reading the instructions like you can just see like hey that's weird there's two ways and the one way is like a dead end like why is that intuitively you can start to pick up what's going on yeah nintendo really does know what they're doing with this stuff i know that they've always been that's always been their strength it's like kind of visually telling you how to play yep uh, Yoshi's Island is more of like a grassland, much like uh, World 1 and Super Mario 3. So once you clear that, and you don't have to beat every single one to move on, but once you move on, World 2 is Donut Plains, which to me, correct me if I'm wrong, when I think of the Super Mario World map, for whatever reason, I always have the image of Donut Plains. Me too. And the reason <laughs> is because it's the first level that's like actually complicated. Not training time. Yeah, so like, okay, you've beaten the first Koopa, and perhaps you even got the yellow switch yep. right in the mountain, because it's it's not that difficult, right? No, it's not. Um, So you, you go across the bridge or whatever, yep, in the and donut you come planes. to Donut Plains, and like, the weird thing about Donut Plains is like, you go in the first level, you don't know there's an alternate path, but the first level has an alternate path. Yep. And what's weird is like, I've always felt this, but I always felt like the alternate path was easier than the... Conventional. The conventional. And the reason is because if you got the yellow, yeah. they give you like a, a flying thing, like immediately. This is the first day you get the feather. Oh yeah, if you went to the... And so yeah. you're super encouraged to fly with the feather, right? And what if you fly all the way to the right? Yep. That's the the secret en- exit. Yes. Right? There's also a way to run up it with the switch, but you but most of the time I remember just flying there because it's just available. It's just available. And that goes in into the lake or whatever. Yeah, so there's a lake which is a, a obviously a water level. They also you start to pick up if you're playing this for the first time that the red little icons are the ones with multiple exits. And right. if it's yellow, it's you start to realize that's a singular one. There's a ghost house here for the first time. Stage there, has a ton of shit in it. Ton of shit. One of the most notable things is what's called the Donut Secret Area, and there's a whole little, um, what is it called here? Top Secret Area, right Right. above all that. And in Top Secret Area, literally is where you just get power-ups if you want to. Right, it's weird. It's just like a free drop if you're like, it's it's another like, I feel like Donut Plains is is like the safe house. Like if you you need to, if you're like really stuck on something further in the game, you can always just come back to Donut Plains and like, and just get powered up. You never go back to Yoshi's Island. Nobody ever goes back, right? It's like, but what the other cool aspect to me about Donut Plains, why I think it's brilliant. Yes. Is that if, if you go to the ghost house, right? Yeah. And you pick one, if you get one of the alternate entrances, there's a pipe. Yes. And then 
you go in the pipe and you can see the last level. That is true. You, you can you, see it. You go on the cliff in Bowser's like whatever that thing is in the ocean. Like yeah. you go underground. Yes. There's nothing to like get in there. It's yeah. just like you walk you through it and it. come up the other side. That always to me as a kid, I was like, this is so like I can see the last level. Like I always thought like there has to be a way to like dupe it and like right. like get down like get, climb down this or something but there isn't no there isn't it's more just there to like show you that yes. it's like oh there's something way there's bigger something like under this bigger like, ahead yeah good yeah. point so if you make it past Donuts Plains and Morton's Castle you would go to uh, Vanilla Dome which we affectionately call Dumb Music Place yes Dumb Music Place it has the infamous Dumb, dumb Music Place, place. Dun, dun, dun. Dumb Music Place dun, dun, dun. So you can thank my brother for that one. Um, so d- you know what's cool about Vanilla Dome? Yes, right. It's one of the only ones where like it has a fairly just like an open path to Red Switch Palace. Yes, it does to the Switch Palace. It's just like right in front just of you. There, yeah, uh, and it's got its usual. It's got a water level. There's a, several multi exit levels here. It's got its own fortress. Yep. It's got Lemmy's Castle. It's also got a star warp. Yes. So the star warps become very interesting because there's something known as star world. It kind of acts as the warp zone yeah, of the game. It pretty much is. Because if you go to any of the stars, for, well, you have to beat each level. and actually, In a special way. You yeah, can't just beat it. Each level has two exits. One's conventional, one is... So the idea in star world, right, is each level in star world is cut off from all the other levels. Correct. The only way to connect to them, <laughs> and also the, 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 the following warp, is is to beat them in whatever secret manner you yes, beat them in. you have to beat all the secrets, yep. And so, like, it's very important that you, like, figure that out, or it's basically useless, Yeah, right? Now, you can keep going back to them. You get infinite tries. Right, yeah. But you do have to figure out all the secrets to and make you the should, star I, connect. I felt like the Star World has um, some of the biggest, like, stuff to figure out. I had a hell of a time figuring this out Right, as a kid. they're, like, very cryptic how very. you have to beat the stage. Like, yes. It, there's, like, stuff where you have to, like, use the baby Yoshis in a certain way, because like, <laughs> it's, like, Yoshi, the only yeah. way to... Like, you have to power them up just so you can get Flying Yoshi to get to a thing. Like, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's all real. Yeah. We should also mention real quick, there's three different variations of Yoshi besides the green one. Mm-hmm. The blue one can fly with any Koopa shell in its mouth. The red one can throw... Shoot, f- shoot fireballs. F- shoot fireballs. And the yellow one can, like, do, like, an extra hard stomp. Yeah, I forget. The yellow, one I, the yellow one's, like, unconventional. It's not that good. Yeah. If you get out of the Vanilla Dome, you go to World 4, which is known as Twin Bridges. I thought this was a cool-looking stage. Very like, cool. Yeah. Two bridges. <laughs> and plus, you you can get under the, all the bridges. There's, like, a secret path. Well, yeah, you can get under Butter Bridge 1 or 2 and go to the Cheese Bridge area yeah. and then Soda Lake. Don't right. forget. Yes. And Cookie Mountain. Yeah. A lot of food. <laughs> food the food bridges. It's very uh, it's very calm, this level. It's yeah. almost like a reprieve. There's only a few levels and then Ludwig's Castle. Right. That's all but it there is. is a, the, there is the cute, like... <laughs> bush that's like has a band-aid on <laughs> yeah it got hurt <laughs> and then after this though this is where it gets dicey quick yeah this is where this is uh, i feel like this is like the people that rage quit in the game this is where they did it like world, this this ugh. shit was so confusing as a kid world five the forest of illusion what makes it confusing quinn because on a surface it's a few levels a ghost house a fortress so basically every conventional exit just goes in a circle ultimately there's like three three or four stages if you include the ghost house yep and like that oh yeah and the lake so there's actually five stages right and it will like all go in a circle like every time unless you get the secret exits yes right it's very frustrating right 
So you'll just keep going and going. And I, I remember just, I don't get it. I Because I, I, the, the whole secret exits, it took, I was young when I played this. Sure. It took a lot for me to, un, I didn't really understand that red meant secret. Yeah, it took me a while to pick that up too. Right. To be so, fair. So like, I remember playing this for ever trying like, to figure it out i was like i don't get it like what like what am i supposed to do i beat the, i beat all of them yeah like, why why can't i move forward they really nintendo really put a spin on just clearing levels they really ingeniously figured out a way to make this game more replayable right more challenging but still simple it's just a genius level design that i'm getting really excited about as i uh, talk yeah. about it here but when you do get out of the Forest of Illusion uh, and Roy's castle, if you're not disillusioned... It's getting too late for this shit. You can have some dessert at Chocolate Island. Yes. Remember poop Island. Poop. Let me guess. That's what you called it as a kid? Well, no. You're it, very, very... It was not until Super Mario Kart when you race on Chocolate Island or Cocoa Island or whatever it is. <sighs> yeah. When your tires go through the wet stuff... Michael... It does not. That is it, not mature at it, it all. It looks like poopy. That, that is. I always thought that. And so when I went back, when I would go back to play this game and I realized that that's also, that's like where that's supposed to be. Yeah. I was like, Ugh. That type <laughs> of humor is very much beneath <laughs> yeah. us in our audience. Now, I'll say this. I'm, I'm kidding. I'll say this about Chocolate Island. Yes. It is, it's got a lot of stages. Oh yeah, it's got there a bunch of Chocolate Island stages, like five of them. Uh, There's like fortresses and stuff. Choco Ghost House too. Yeah. Like uh, it's, <laughs> this one's got, this is like, you're near the end now. You can like f- tell. You can right? taste it. Yeah. But plus, you can see Bowser's um, thing in the distance. His, his like, stupid thing. Yeah. His like weird <sighs> like face coming out of the very water. decadent. Uh, yeah. So if you get past a uh, Wendy, you know, Cootie Pie's castle or whatever, you go to uh, you get a path into the water, and yeah. ba- Bowser doesn't come out of the water until then. I think actually, right? Or does he come out when you get to Chocolate Island? I don't remember. It might be chocolate. I don't yeah. remember. It might be before that. Either way, now you can get to that place that you saw in World Two. Yes, and you're like, oh, that's like w- where I get in, right? Yep. The Valley of Bowser, World Seven. So this is what's uh, this is what's cool here. It's it's the dark theme one, you know, like Darkland was in World Eight and Super Mario Three. I always like that the map has this like thing flying around in the back yeah. and a thunderstorm. And like, his castle looks awesome on the map. Yeah. Can we just say there's also two entrances into Bowser's castle? By the way. You can get in two different ways. That's right. There's also to make this very difficult. Larry's castle is also in World Seven. Right. Yeah. That's the other weird thing, right? They put one of the Koopa kids like. In the Bowser world? In like, the Bowser world. It's like odd. And not only that, there's a ghost house. Not only that, there's a fortress. And not only that, there is the sunken ghost ship, which is supposed to be one of the airships from Super Mario 3 that was yeah, sunken. Yeah, I remember, I remember that backstory or yeah, whatever. it's supposed to be like a haunted airship from Super right. Mario 3. The other thing that's cool in this stage, conveniently, the Star World, like the final exit, yep. it goes right to the entrance of the castle. It sure so does. So you can skip the whole thing if you, you want. So you, it, s- I like that they retain the warping in a certain way. Yeah. Like you have to do a little bit more. But it's still warping. But essentially, you only have to beat like, what, five stages or something to essentially yeah. to get to the end. Yeah. Here's the other cool thing, right? There's Special World, right? Was yes. If you get all the alternates, right? So there's four that basically like lead to Bowser. So actually, you really need to beat be four in the special way to get to Bowser right away. But there's like a fifth one in the middle. Yes. And if you beat that in the special way, you get to Special World, which is like a completely different like thing. Now, Special World. So, you know, you fight Bowser in the castle like we talked mm-hmm. about. That doesn't necessarily end the entire game because... This whole time, we've been talking about alternate exits and all these things. So in the beginning of the game, when you start it up, you will see, 
you have the choice of starting three different games because there is a battery save in this. Mm-hmm. And it saves your progress. But what it will tell you is it will give you a number next to your game. Your save file. Yeah, so maybe it's 18, maybe it says 49, 91. Well, the magic number, which most kids at the time probably would have thought would be 100 or something, right? I always thought like it was, I thought it was a percent. I didn't realize it was like the amount of stages. Right. Like, the magic number is 96. Right, so it's the amount of stages. So the only way, though, to actually hit that 96 is to complete Special World. Now, Special World, it's got the dumbest layout, like, ever. It's supposed like, it's to be dumb. It's got the Famicom logo, by the Right, it's got by the, the Famicom Super logo Famicom. at the top. It's just, just special in lights in the background, and it's just, like, a straight line. Like, it's just dumb. But what I love about it, the couple things I love about it, all the stages have, like, silly names, like, Gnarly, Tubular, Mondo. Like, yeah, Mondo, Outrageous, Funky, and Groovy. Like, they're all silly. To me, I always felt what the Special World ultimately was, was the stages that got cut. Oh, maybe your development stages that or they test didn't, stages. That they didn't make sense in the context of the state, the, the other stages. They're very gimmicky. There's usually like some weird shit. And I think that's what always gave me the impression that they were cut from the map because they just didn't fit in or something. True, maybe. And they said, well, what if as a secret we just put the like stages that we completed but we didn't like think were good enough or something? Right, right. You know? You know what's interesting, too, about this game? Special, we got all the exits. It gives you a lot of replayability it gives you a lot of incentive to keep playing but the other thing that's really cool is you can unlock a graphical change known as fall mode or autumn mode oh yeah which changes the color scheme to an autumn based thing on the overworld and all that how did you even do this because i know i did it but i didn't even know how i did it it was like something in the forest or something my brother is the one that was the the big expert you know that i looked up to i think he just told me so i remember as a kid i don't know what i did but the forest was autumn suddenly and i never knew why like I, I, this really happened. Like I, I, whatever I did, I did it by accident. I think in Super Mario World, all you have to do is beat Funky in okay. the special world, and then it does that. So what it does, folks, is it changes everything to like Halloween and fall theme. So like piranha plants could, have jack o' lantern masks. That's and so stuff. funny. I literally, until you said that, I had no clue why this happened. Like oh, I really? was like, what? Like what? One of my favorite bits, Quinn, is that the Koopa Troopers wear Mario masks. Yeah, it's like the whole game just gets weird. Goombas wear like it's almost Pac-Man costume. I don't know what yeah. that's supposed to be. I don't know. It just looks stupid. It's got sunglasses on. Bullet Bill wears a bird. Pidget Bill. Yeah. It's just it's so clever and dumb that it just changes the foliage and the the characters like are ready changes for Halloween. Just absolutely everything. I yeah. love it. So that's a lot of the gameplay. We know that this is a little bit, you know, long here, but this is a big game. It's a whole world, folks. It's a world. We got to talk about uh, a couple, and I mean a couple minor differences between Japan and U.S., just because I don't want to leave this out. So one of the things is there's a friendly dolphin character in the the U.S. that they use as platforms. Well, in the Japan version, you can eat them as Yoshi, and then we said no to that. They they said no. We said don't eat the dolphins. I mean, this is the era of free willy and stuff. They're not going to do that. It's a whale, but yeah, both mammals. I guess you're right. Be nice to the sea creatures. Be nice to the sea creatures and don't, you know, don't let them get caught out there. Yeah. Remember Uh, the ducks went the glad soap and like it cleaned the oil off them or whatever. And then remember they said like if you, when you get those soda packs that you got to like make sure you cut them because the little ducks would get their heads stuck in them and die. Yes, I remember. These that. were all things that were like big in the nineties in school. Like they would just—they would not <laughs> shut up about the fucking the stupid soda things. 
It's real. Yeah. It is real. You're like uh, you better cut them. <laughs> you better cut them up. I would feel guilty if I didn't cut them up because I was like, oh my god, like a little duck or something's gonna get or a turtle head. or something. Yeah, right? like some animal's gonna get caught in this eventually. <laughs> uh, one of the other differences, though, and this is so minor, but I just wanted to mention it, is uh, in the U.S. version that we all play. If you clear 96, right, and you get all 96, they put the font in italic and you get a little star next to it. Right. In Japan, they're like, no. <laughs> just, Wait, they don't even tell you in Japan it if you get it? It just says 96. Like, they don't even... Does it ro- change color at least? Nothing. It just looks like the number That's 96. That's devious, because you could just keep playing, like, forever and, like, be and you like... you never know. You would be like, did I beat it? I don't know. Some fucking horse shit, is yeah. it not? Uh, by the way, I want to just say the ending to this is very good. Does, isn't this where, like... You walk through all the stages with yeah, the princess. With the princess. On, and she's sitting on Yoshi, and, so and, and you're wa- being a yeah. gentleman and, like, walking her through. And the music is so triumphant. Yeah. It's so good. And then it ends like I love the music at the end because it gets like it does like a slow like like a Broadway like show yeah like a Broadway show and that's when you're walking in, into the welcome center or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then she kisses you or whatever happens yeah. and he gets a little bright face. Yeah. And, like, and then like a little like thank you drops. Thank you yes. for playing drops like in the and you're putting your two thumbs up. Doing the two, victory two, sign. Two fingers. Yeah. Two fingers up and, and mm. you know the peace sign or whatever. And like everyone's like all the like little Yoshis and the different color Yoshis are all like celebrating behind you. At the visitor center. At the visitor center. Yeah. They're yeah. very happy for you yeah. there. <laughs> I think that beating this game even though it's very easy to beat quickly, when you've played it for the first time and you beat it for the first time, like that's a triumphant ending. To me, when I was a kid, the goal was to save the princess. Right. But as I got older and returned to the game to, yep. to, to really like understand it, I realized that that's not... Like, it's not really the point of the I, game. I, well, the, the thing is, it's like I felt like I didn't beat it yep. unless I got the 96. Like, it became like anytime I've replayed the game in the last couple years, yep. I've always gotten the 96. That like, becomes that becomes the, the quest. Which is something that I think, honestly, addresses the problem with Mario 3. Past a certain point, I feel like when people would play Mario 3, they would just skip to the end. You know, that's that's fair, Quinn. I, I can't... Because there's nothing tracking the stages or anything. It doesn't matter. I can't disagree with you, you on no that. You get no rewards yeah. in Mario 3 for doing everything. This is more uh, replayable, I guess. Right. Uh, one of the last major differences between the versions I want to mention, by the way, is uh, Bowser's Castle in the United States and Pal... Yeah. Koopa, oh, Koopa in see? Japan. They it know. It says Koopa on the castle in Japan. Wow, Japan getting it right this time. They're the ones that you are the Bowser offenders yeah, over here. Yeah, they usually are. I mean, there's a lot to be said. We got to talk about the music. Koji Kondo returned, of course. He took a different approach here. Whereas he had written all different songs for the previous games, he wrote one song for the the worlds, not the maps, but the mm-hmm. when you're playing, and just remixed it all different ways. But it's still... So that's what's funny about that. That's very reminiscent of what they did in Yoshi's Island on the world map. Same thing. Where they speed it up and add different instruments and stuff yep. as you move to the different worlds. Same concept. Yeah. Uh, and some of the overworld songs are really good. But I think Dumb Music Place is the one that sticks out the most, obviously. Right. <laughs> uh, again, my brother came up with that when we were kids. It's a fantastic, creative, like, as much as people love to read, this is like the ultimate 2D Mario game. It has everything. <sighs> it really does. It's basically like a swan song for the guys that made 3. It was like all their dreams could come true. They could do anything they wanted. They just went crazy with it. 
I'm still sentimentally partial to three, but well, I will of course conce- three is fantastic. It's I, not that three. It's just that I think that world. It almost is a game that felt like it was for the guys that made it more well, than it partially. was a little bit. Like it has a little bit of that, like because especially when you get the special stage and like changing the well, palette, yeah, and all yeah. that, like it starts to feel like this, like loving, like okay, we could just do whatever we let's just like go nutty. And like, Miyamoto right? finally got his dinosaur that he wanted, right? Like everyone got what they wanted. Who who probably was with the Mario project from eighty? Well, him and Tezuka, and yeah. Stuff, yeah. Also, by the way, when you anytime Mario's riding Yoshi, the music hits extra percussion. Oh yeah, which yeah, is a very nice touch. Yeah. No, just it, stupid. Like I said, it's nice. got a little bit of everything. It's kind of like the magnum opus of like two D Mario, and it's the first uh, Super Nintendo game with Mario, which is just very mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, it is, it was well received, obviously immediately, but it's. Can I? I I feel like the ending to the game. The way it's the tone of the music and how you go through everything and how just colorful and it just does all this stuff, right? There's confetti everywhere and all this. It feels like a victory lap for the team, in a sense. I never thought of that, but maybe. And it feels like a farewell. I feel like they never return to the, obviously, new Super Mario Brothers, but it's still like it's not this sprite-based. It's not the way the first four games are. This is the last one truly of its kind uh, right. on a hand on a home console. Right. But at the same time, I don't think they intended it to be that way. This was a new system. Of so, course they're going to want to milk this. Okay, two things. I would have to imagine in 90 they were starting to get hints of those early 3D workstations those those silicon whatever they were. I, I, I know I, Nintendo had been hooking up with with certain companies as far as 3D was concerned. I'm and sure I, that must have might have been in the back of their minds just about how like this might be it. Maybe I don't I don't know when all of that was really came right. out of their radar and how forward thinking they were, but I do think that this is a victory lap, whether they intended it to be or not. I right. don't know if it was intended as anything beyond to be a, an excellent launch game. For Super Nintendo, which it certainly was, best-selling game ever for the Super Nintendo. Part of that has to do with it being a packing. Pack yeah, every Super Nintendo had it. So over twenty million copies sold, yeah. and a lot of polls have it as one of the greatest video games of all time. It's very good. I think it did what it was supposed to do and more. It was obviously supposed to establish the Super Nintendo as a formidable competitor with Genesis, kind of to say, like, look. We're not done. Just because you got your Genesis, like, we're we're right here. We're I fucking think, Nintendo. I think it definitely sold the Super Nintendo. It, yeah. Because it, it, yeah. I think that, you know, people at the time, there was questions like, they did all of this already. Why are we getting a new one? Right. right. Like, and, like, that's what this game was designed to do. It's like, oh, you haven't seen a Mario game like this before. And you like, hadn't. Yeah. Even Mario 3, in yeah. all its regal 8-bit splendor and, yeah. and an achievement, this really was a another shot by Nintendo showing that it had the ammunition to wage a feasible 16-bit war with Sega. To me, this set the tone for the 16-bit era, yeah. too, because like then they did Zelda. They they gave it the Super Nintendo treatment. Then and they did Metroid, Metroid and gave yeah. it the Super Nintendo treatment. Castlevania, like, too. Yeah, like all the, and all the other developers. All the other yeah, ones. like It just showed, like, no, these games could get expanded upon right. with this new technology. Yeah. Right? These even, classics that you love. Even minor games, you know, like Adventure Island got super Adventure Island. Everything, like, got, everything, su- everything got souped up from the 8-bit era. Literally, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, it's a, it's well-beloved. It's well-remembered. It, it isn't my personal sentimental favorite Mario game. 3 is, but I, I'm not going to say a single negative word about this, other than I feel like it doesn't control as well as 3. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. I don't like the controls as much as 3. It feels a little bit more uh, thick. 
It feels thicker to me than Super Mario 3. I, I can agree with you in one sense. The controls aren't as tight, but I do think they let you do things that are really cool. That's true. That like, you couldn't do before. You couldn't do. Like, if I had to pick between the best ones, I think it's this one and 3 are like the best controlling Marios. Yeah. And oh. Super Mario Maker highlights that because you can play both styles, styles in the same yeah. game and you can kind of one-to-one them and see like, oh, that's, you know, like you could build, sure. you could build levels differently because of the mechanics in each one. Sure. Gotcha. Right? Well, I mean, there's a lot more that probably could be said and maybe we're not the ones to say it. Maybe you guys are. Yes. So why don't you follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast and join our Facebook group and let us know what you think of Super Mario World. Were you uh, anticipating of it at its launch? Were you not aware of it yet because you're younger, you know? Mm-hmm. Or were you past the point where you cared about Nintendo games? Maybe you really didn't care maybe about it. Maybe you jumped ship to Genesis. Maybe already you were on Genesis. One way or another, though, we appreciate you listening. We really do love that you guys are sticking with us here on Asset Watch Memory. Uh, we will be continuing the Mario series down the road. We have to cover his 1992 and see what kind of games it was up to them. Oh, well, he was he was busy up was until 96, and yeah. then, then we have a whole different animal there. whole different animal. So we'll be doing that. But next week, though, will be something completely different until that time. Thank you so much for being with us here on Acid Wash Memories. I am Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn, and we'll see you next week for more Acid Wash Memories. See ya. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week.